0: directly. And then we're working with local authorities to be ready to respond appropriately.
1: And you're listening to Women's Magazine with Global Val here on mutinyradio.fm. That was an interview I conducted last week, February 5th, with the executive director of the Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition to Stop Human Trafficking. And again, that national hotline number, if something just seems amiss, is one 888 373 Um Do keep your eyes open and look at let's look out for each other and remember just when your aspirations seem outrageous that inspiration is contagious peace and thank you and stay tuned for the common thread collective coming right up on mutiny radio Ooby Dooby, letting us know everything's going to be all right. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. It's Friday. We're here at Mutiny Radio. Come on down and join us at 21st in Florida. I'm Global Val, and hey, Diamond Dave.
2: Whoa, it's beautiful. You know what I thought? When it's over there at our cafe, that Bohemian Enclave uh, that uh, connects with us in so many different ways, I was sitting there at the table, and I looked around, saw the brothers and sisters there, and what came to me is this. This Mission District, La Mission, is like a dream come true, and, and this is a place to be. People talking to one another, conversing to one another, communicating, uh, uh, communicating with one another, and here we be, communicating with one another. It was, I said, is the, the, the mission today, this beautiful day, come on out, oh my goodness, it's a place to be. and. Uh, it's, it's like a dream come true. And Val, I have this brother job, George here. Hey, George, this is George. Hey, Val, this is George. George uh, George is a teacher at the New York Universities, but he's on a vision quest, he's on a word quest, he's doing a, a book about poetry, po- poetry community.
1: Well, he stumbled he, stumbled, he just walked right into this one, though, didn't he? It he certainly did. Welcome, George. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> and so you're at the, uh, is it the City University of, of New York?
3: the City University of New York at a place called New York City College of Technology. Nice. Strange place for a poet to be, but <laughs> there you go. Well, it's a
2: strange place, but a good place because we need the poets. We good. To, we need to be reaching out to those who have thrown themselves into the technology. And they said, as I say, as I said, uh, as I memorialize, as I said these words, we, we're here to cast a wide net and find that common thread. That's right. So, That's and, so that it's, up. I believe the great spirit has brought you to this technology university to, to make it happen, to make it happen. These folks want to go in technology, they want to learn these things, they want to learn this language of technology to do it, but also if they learn, if they get
3: poetry, if they get some poetry involved, they begin to see it as a wider world. Wider world and a, a world of feeling in the, in, the, in the world of technology, you know? Exactly. I won't yeah. quote Iggy Pop. Doing more together than any of us could do it on our own. Now, uh,
2: now you've taken on yourself a project, uh, which will be, be eventually a book
3: to find poetry communities. Is that right? That is uh, indeed true, and the name of the project is called Virtue at the Coffee House. At least the working title. And I've been talking to poets and other people on poetry scenes, part of poetry communities all around the country, um, especially focusing in the Bay Area and New Orleans and Erie, Pennsylvania, for reasons known only to me at this point, and uh, New York City and the environs and some other places, too. Well, my goodness. Small towns, big well, cities. Well, you discover,
2: I mean, here, the po- that uh, poetry and the poets are more and more becoming part of a community, part of a community in which they, they have a voice, a community of artists, a community of regular people, a community rising, a community which is more and more politicized. Uh but, uh but not not in a uh marxist leninist term but people coming together as community
3: yeah and the deeper i get into it the more i discover that this community is maybe uh an alternative culture to the kind of corporate and uh official and maybe homogenized culture that we sample on a daily basis thank you Right. Yeah, I, I just was
2: sitting beside you was Claire, who is Claire, uh, who's part of the uh, uh, is putting out the word about some about the artworks. We're going to be talking about that next. Artworks, which is a space where people can, in fact, uh, uh, can can in fact, come together and uh, express themselves artworks think about that there's artworks but there's artworks and artworks in many way poetry is certainly part and parcel of artworks is that right claire
4: yes it is absolutely art and poetry uh, permaculture and building community
2: Sustainability. We're trying to sustain ourselves and survive. Is that right? Absolutely. Creating abundance. And and abundance abundance not in the way of more and more shit, more and more stuff stuff, which is what they want you to do. I say take uh, get what you need, and they say get what you want, and we'll give you a, a job. That you can become a slave, and you'll be able to get what you want. There's definitely a distinction. If people just all got what they needed, this would be a very different world. And in, the, uh, in occupy which I was kind of... We, this was station, this uh, station was kind of... This program was kind of the voice of one of the one of the programs... One of, one of the chants where the, the slogan says another world is possible mm-hmm. and how we create that other world. And the, and the Wilders used to say in the shell of the old. Yeah.
3: We'll create the new world in the shell of the old. Is that what a poetry community would be about? I think, uh, I think that's what a poetry community is about. I think that's what an art community of any kind is about. You know, to... Uh, not only to do what we like to do and what makes life worth living, which is uh, sharing our thoughts, sharing our, our feelings, understanding the world, better paying closer attention to the world, of course. But also providing some kind of model for the way that maybe we could all conduct ourselves, which is sharing Finding our resources. We Finding also, one another. Yeah. And I mean, we have in, my, in the little town I live in in Western New York right now, we have a, uh, an organization called Artworks. which does the exact same thing in which we all come together and and find out that, hey, there are these other people who have the same desires and the same uh, wishes for a a certain kind of life.
2: Well, I think Bernie, Bernie, winning two to one in in New Hampshire, is, I think we call him a tip of the iceberg. That this reflects to me if he's getting... 80% of, the vote of, uh, like you had 80% of the vote of people under 30 in, in, New, in New Hampshire. This is saying something, that something is going on, that, they, that something is going on. He's at the tip of the iceberg. In fact, in other words, under, uh, under every, every town. The town you're in, every town has some kind of artworks. Every town is finding a place where people can get, to, get, get together and talk about sustainability, permaculture in their way, bring, everybody brings what they have to bring and nobody goes without. So I believe this is a really when we think, oh my God, what are we going to? What's least one percent? And I think what we can, what we can see, and we're part of here in this station is a Red Bell is putting out the fact that there's a that there's another world that's possible, as we used to say. He's I'm the saying, avatar. So say. He's the avatar. <laughs> Bernie, <laughs> Bernie. Well, I think he's. I don't know what else. they did say that this is the, He's the first candidate for pre, for president ever who is not a Christian. This is true. And by the other, there's a bunch of them, not, they were Unitarians, or they, they put that robe on because they thought they needed to be elected, but just like he doesn't hide the fact that he's what? What used to be, oh, how could you be? Better, go to, better get rid of this guy, a democratic socialist, and he's not a Christian. He's a regular person who knows that, uh, that's, I mean, a couple of people on the Republican side actually believe, claim they believe, pardon me, like they claim they, they act like they've never read a book, that the world was formed in seven in six days by the super deity. We then rested on the se- on the seventh, and we had a Cain cave, a cave, and navel and all this stuff. That really that really happened, and that's truth. Yeah. Like, I mean. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and and along those lines, I okay. just I just read about an Iranian uh, poet who was executed just very just recently, yeah. uh, within the past few days, um, and one of the one of the. Uh, charges that were brought against him in Iran was, uh, waging war on God, I saw that. It you know, and so poetry is a powerful tool. It's a, dan- it, and it becomes a dangerous when, when other people think it's dangerous or too much, too, too much power, uh, uh, get, get afraid. And that's a, that big, um, international movement hundred thousand poets for change I don't, I don't know if it's come into the communities it's, where you visited so far
3: it's come into new orleans in a big way uh there's a poet down there named dennis formento who leads the charge um oh. you know but but that question of of being dangerous right i mean the more we i was talking about this with dave a little bit earlier the more sort of leisure time we are predicted to have because of technology the more people do things like turn to art and poetry and turn to their own thoughts. And it makes you wonder at what point does it, something like a poetry community become, again, truly dangerous to a regime like we've got here in the United States. And at what point might we get our 800 lashes or whatever?
2: Well, yeah, was a Saudi it Arabian
3: is. poet, the same right. thing, who he
2: was supposed to be executed. They're going to chop off his head. And read at this moment, oh, he's so good at NPR today. And, uh, a Saudi Arabian woman, well, her speaking was so eloquent and good. And uh, because of pressure, they've given them, they, they took off the death sentence, chopped off his head, and gave him eight years in a Saudi Arabian prison, but also sentenced him to eight hundred lashes. Now, eight hundred lashes. So we need to cover. And she read some of his poetry, and reminded me of Rumi. Some of his poetry. But it reminded me of that tradition that goes on for a long, long time. But he's been sentenced to 800 lashes. So, as far as dangerous is concerned, at this point, I mentioned uh, Bernie as the tip of the iceberg. But I think it's—I uh, think I like the way it's going now where everything is under pretty much under the under the radar. This show, I don't believe anybody from the CIA, the FBI, any of those guys, even though this show exists, the people who li- listen to it, we're under the, we're under the radar. Yeah. If We say that Bernie is the tip of the iceberg, the rest of it should be underneath. Yeah. At some point, we're gonna be emerging, and we're emerging as we do with Occupy, we emerge with Occupy, where that's still happening. We emerge when we dance. And, danced down, uh, danced from city from Civic Center, stopping it with a VIP in in the Bill Graham Auditorium. The VIP National Football League guys were in there, they'd taken it over, they was sort of totally surrounded by cops. And we stopped there, and then we went right down to Yuba right down, and there's just the cops on every side, but in that way we're emerging. In that way we're emerging and we seem safe, but how unsafe are we? We seem safe. We got our marching bands. Jo- we seem joyful. We're going down. We're putting out a message that another world is possible, and the people united will
3: never be defeated.
2: Fuck yes.
3: Well, the iceberg metaphor, Dave, I hadn't really thought about the poetry community through that metaphor. But in fact, I've been saying that in different ways, and hearing it more importantly from the people I've been talking to, that really there there is a poetry community. For example almost every five miles in this country. Hmm. You can, and there, we are literally everywhere. Poetry is literally everywhere. People are writing it. People are sharing it. It's not a, on the radar, though. It's not right. above the surface. Yeah,
1: it's not a mainstream uh, practice so yeah. much. It's,
3: it's a thing we celebrate ceremonially, right? but not so much as a, as a real way of life. Right. which it is for many people.
1: It is. It absolutely is. And, and um, and you know, with people who are dedicated, I mean, we're dedicated here at Mutiny Radio and the Common Thread Collective to giving a platform for people to come and express themselves politically, musically, poetically, um, in various ways. <laughs> As you can see, all these awesome people are always showing up and new people come through. But but anybody who, who is dedicated to it, um, it it's really... Um, you know, it's inspiring to me to see folks who, who still, you know, run their open mics and, you know, have and and uh, and love to have people come through. I mean, it's it's kind of addicting in a way. Um, I don't know if they've, uh,
3: I, I think uh, there's a poet named Maria Gillen, who's a terrific poet uh, from New Jersey. And she uh, she puts it as finding your life in poetry. That's sort of the way she sees it. Someone who found her life in poetry at age 40. Um, and what I think she means is finding, uh, finding community, finding a community that is helpful and benign as, as opposed to a community that is always sort of antagonistic to the individual life. So
1: Right. And right. even when you have these voices who conflict or even personalities that, that don't really understand each other, there's still that, that um, the openness. Um, That's allowed because poetry, because of the nature of poetry as being free form and, and you respect what other people have to say, because if they're going to listen to you and you're listening to them and you're, 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 it's, it's really sharing, um, so much, um, and and th- what's really cool about poetry is it's not just you know I could I could read a, a prose I could read you a story I could you know you could read an article and there's all sorts of facts and things and there's a point, um, but with poetry you just get to read into it whatever you want to read into it you read between the lines and, and
2: it's, it's, it's society this group that we're talking about gets more and more consumer stuff stuff oriented the the uh, That's part of this under the uh, the tip of the iceberg. They're doing what they're doing, but whether they ever come in contact with what they're saying, which is all the poets in this network across the country, musicians in this network across the country, people doing grassroots politics in this network across the country, local, local, be local, that's just uh, under the radar and they don't really realize probably the powers would be the people who are consumer-oriented, who stuff, 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 what's going on. Now Claire, Claire, speaking of poets and so parents, Claire has been on a, uh, a writer's conference, it's called Writers for Change, at the Mark Hopkins Hotel, and that's been going on, they've been together for the last four or five days, is that
4: right? Yeah, we've been preparing, but it's a three-day conference, it's annual. It three-day
2: is. conference, mm-hmm. every year, Writers for Change. Well, you've been there, is that
4: right? Yeah, I was cooking for them. I get to cook for She's the keynote speakers, but keynote I am also... The keynote speakers.
2: For, and this is a for change, but it's $400 for the three days. But Claire here is a cook, is not more than a cook, is a chef. I don't know if you brought your, uh, your collection of knives, but I'm sure they're <laughs> beautiful. And then they, so they, they have her cook for, for the keynoters, the big cheeses, cook for the keynoters, and you're allowed to participate in the conference. Is that right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about it. It's been an honor to work with them for okay. the last three years. Well,
2: tell us uh, a bit. We've been talking about this underground, emerging underground, uh, the network of writers and so that are going across the country, and this is Writers for Change is the name of the conference. What what do you feel? Are they talking about it there? Uh, I see they're they're talking about things of how to get an agent and how to get published and all of that. Absolutely. Is this going on, too?
4: Yeah, um, they do it every year, but they have year-round workshops, and it's basically just fostering the writers in our community, both seniors and novices and newbies like me.
2: Okay, it's kind of... Yeah, I feel a little... little, I I feel a little uh, skeptical because it seems like a... Profit, making and I see what, doing. But how do we connect these writers to be who really want to be published? Are willing to pay four hundred dollars to go to a conference with other writers, where they bring in experts about how to get published, how to find an agent, how to do this stuff, how to find one another. How, how, how can we help connect them to this network of writers that are kind of, uh, that are kind of an underground, who are who are gardeners, who are cooks, who are finding one another? And the name of your book is what?
3: Cafe. Of your project? Virtue at the coffee house, And I could, I could take a shot at a start at that answer. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, please
5: do.
3: I think that, you know, the, the sad state of affairs for writers in this country is that even if you do get an agent and get a big publishing contract and are lucky enough to do that, in most cases, your book will probably languish because the publishing company will probably not put a lot of resources behind it to publicize it. And so the people you wind up talking to really will be that underground they will be the same people it will take time for a lot of people
2: to say, have you heard of this conference the yes annual conference? i have i have friends
3: who are there now yeah. oh you do so
2: right, yeah. some some intermix and it'd be good to have people there who are talking about what we're talking about and inviting them to come and participate in their communities where they are i think that would be a good thing i'm so clear you're so intelligent up to it I hope you're the. I think you're the one wherever you are. Look at this. I wish we had. Sometimes I wish we had visuals here so I could so I could see you two. Really, amazing, beautiful. Here we are. So writers for change. Uh, what was I going to say? Well, I'm glad th- you're here. Oh, what I want to talk about. Cause we keep talking because I, I, I ask you what, what you think of uh, when you're there. Uh, how you could how you can let them know that this is happening in every city. It's happening politically, culturally, personally. It's what's going on. It is emerging, building a, a new world, building another world. Another world is possible, and the people united shall not be defeated.
4: That's right. Yeah, uniting people, bringing them together, creating abundance. And I'm also the press secretary for 49 Farms.org we are starting an urban permaculture movement and i'm new to this permaculture philosophy it's basically working with nature in design instead of ever against it
2: well so anyway well so why do you have to go that's where i want to know 49 farms they're like the uh, corporate umbrella they're not corporate or the umbrella for the artworks, is that right? Because there is 49 farms. They're managing
4: works. the property. Uh, 49 Farms is a permaculture activist group okay. founded by Jay Rosenberg. Okay, well hold on.
2: Let's
3: hold on so anyway, we're going to. You're going to have to leave soon, right? <laughs> I am. Okay. We're jumping around a bit. Very sadly. Yes. Flexible. Okay. I like the idea. of 49 Farms. It sounds good. It makes me want to move to San Francisco okay. more uh, than I already want to move to the Bay Area. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. well, well, we, do we do that? hope you won't be a okay. stranger, George, oh. and uh, and we and. Uh, Definitely, we know you got to go, but uh, you know, keep in touch. Let us know how the progress is going with Virtue at the Coffee House, Course. and, and uh, yeah, and and I love how last week when you called in and you shared a poem, um, you know, we're happy to to answer you know, that call. Let,
3: let me know when Mutiny Radio well, does a road show in New York, okay? Hey, hey. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll you get, get you. A nice.
2: Why don't you take it out with a poem? And well, I want to say to you you do, you're going to be traveling. This is your you're going to be traveling to uh, to discover. And enhance uh, and nurture and poetry communities in many different places. Am I right?
3: Yeah. Well, I don't know about, you know. I'll be I'll be hearing what they do I and trying to get that. the word out about what they do and, and the just be a part of there. It, yeah.
2: yeah your your wife here is, is a cultural analyst of cultural theory. And her, I imagine her take is that just by the fact that you're doing this, that you just want to enhance, you also have uh, to you effect some change when you come in and we talk about poetry community. But well, think about it, we don't. That's my take on it. I hope so. But I want you to give us, if you could, take us out of the poem. I want to say to you, that, see this phone here? The number, and People, I can tell the people out there too. It's 415-550-0511. And what I'd like you to do is, when you get to New Orleans or where you happen to be, give us a call for any time oh, well, 3 and 6 on Friday and if you have people to
3: connect with who you'd like to be a player, put on the phone I'd love that I'll call you from the Maple Leaf Bar where's that that's a big poetry scene in New Orleans
2: please do that okay nice and please right. do that and yeah then, uh, we're here Friday's uh, 3 and, to and 6 and to get some people
3: uh, okay I mean, get
2: live from San and Francisco
3: and, yeah. and I want to say too that uh, if anybody wants to to meet and talk uh, about with me about this project, about what's going on here in San Francisco. I will be at the Valona Deli series on Sunday at 3, which is Valentine's Day, I know, but I will be there And if you need some more love in your life. oh wow, And wow. also at Bird and Beckett Monday at 7. I'll be reading. Be,
2: let's say it again. Oh, so. and Bird nice. and Beckett Monday at 7.
3: Yep. That's a good reason.
2: That's where I go. You've been there. I have too. I know. I, I, I'm going to be there. That's a good place for you to come. Okay. Bird and Beckett. Bird? Charlie Parker, Beckett, Samuel Beckett. Uh, And so you can figure it out. It's a a beat bookstore. He specialized on beat. Uh, That's when when it really came together. I was a young man then. And Samuel Beckett's uh, writing for Godot, and Charlie Parker, and the next generation, Mingus and Monk, and so on, they called him Bird. It's the first graffiti I ever saw. Up there in the place where we all hang out, the beat hangout bar in North Beach, 1957. I walked in, I looked there, I'm about to take a pee, and I looked there, and there it said there, Bird Lives, and that was the first. I find out, it was a guy named Jones, not like Billy Jones, but another black Jones, who, who wherever he was, he put out that graffiti, Bird Lives, and now we have Bird and Beckett. And so I'll be there on Monday, anybody out there who wants to be there, by all means. And- uh, Yeah, over there in Glen Park. Gonna, and that's an open mic, that's a good time for to gather.
3: And out in Crockett on Sunday, if you're up that way. I'm going to be at Burton Beckett. Okay, Burton Beckett. And Burton
2: it, Beckett it is. And so can I, am going to walk out, are you going to put
1: some music on now? Uh, you asked him to do a poem.
3: Oh, thank you. I would. Uh, I'm going to dedicate one to my father, who's having a little health difficulty right now, uh, which I just found out about. So I, I, and this is a poem based on some of his experience. It's, you can find it online in Poetry Daily. It's Poetry called, yes. Yeah, Poetry, Poetry Daily. Uh,
2: that's, that's another one away. I guess that's another way, a way in which poets, poets can express themselves And such online things as poetry deli right yeah you just send yourself yeah. in and put yourself in and whoever's in charge of that decides whether
3: it's good enough to go into the poetry deli <laughs> there's right? always the gatekeeper there's yeah always the gatekeeper but anyway no. but what's so the flow I'll, so I'll give you this one it's called The Kissed Ring my father works the 4 to 12 he climbs the steps to city hall He weekend tours in the reserves. He never makes a fist. My father walks his beat. Ice cream Sundays hide his gun. He hangs up his detective coat. He lays his bullets on the stove. He tells me not to touch. I'll learn to shoot someday. He guards the Ritz Hotel. He walks the wealthy to their rooms. The shifts a gift from God. He borrows dimes to call. He blisters pennies at fifty paces, otherwise his barrel's cold. My father remembers New Hampshire. He tells me when I was five, a Kennedy saw my face and took us on his sloop. I think what he saw was noblesse oblige. My father was his paladin. A tour guide said, we wouldn't have these halls without empires and kings he tells me on our cabin porch. We're lucky to see the trees, he means we're still alive. My father doesn't go for protests, people against police. This is his story. A diner in New Jersey, black soldiers in his regiment denied before his eyes, they walked out side by side.
1: Beautiful, George Guida. Thank you so Thank much you. for visiting you, us pal. at Mutiny Radio, and uh, as as Dave sure, said, yeah. we're here um, to give us a call. You know, grab the grab a flyer on the way out and uh, let people know that we we want to hear from them. All right.
3: okay. Thank, you. Thank you, and keep up the great work, Val. Thank and you, Dave. All
1: right. All right. Enjoying quite a bit being here on this Friday, talking about poetry, talking about community. That's. Sounds like a common thread collective to me. We're going to play a little music from John Trudell and then uh, we'll come back. we talk to Claire more about uh, 49 Farms and artworks. So thanks for being here You're listening to Mutiny Radio. Hey,
6: thank you. Oh, good. Jay is going to call Jay
7: See the woman. She has a young face an old face. She carries herself well in all ages. She survives all man has done. In some tribes, she is free. In some religions, she is under man. In some societies, she is worth what she consumes. In some nations, she is delicate strength. In some states, she is told she is weak. In some classes, She is property-owned. In all instances, she is sister to Earth. In all conditions, she is life-bringer. In all life, is our necessity. There See the woman, beauty, lightning streaking, dark summer nights, forest of pines, making with new winter snow. See the woman's spirit, daily serving courage with laughter, her breath a dream, and a prayer. See the woman. She has a young face, an old face. She carries herself well in all ages. She survives all man has done. In some tribes, she is free. In some religions, she is under man. In some societies, She is worth what she consumes. In some nations, she is delicate strength. In some states, she is told she is weak. In some classes, she is property owned. In all instances, she is sister to earth. In all conditions, she is life bringer. In all life, she is our necessity. 你的我们<音> This day, our daily yeses. Yes to life. Yes to living. Yes to caring. Yes to giving. Yes to creating. Yes to thinking. Yes to clarity. Yes balance. Yes to being. Yes to seeing. Yes to yeses. Give us this day. Our daily yeses. Chaos, confusions. Confusions, chaos. Desperations, despairs. Despairs, desperations. Programmed belief. Belief programmed. Manipulated minds. Minds manipulated. Behaviors, reactions reactions, behaviors, fearful, thinking, thinking, fearful, inside, outside, outside, inside, thought, altering, altering thought, perceptions, diseasing, diseasing, perceptions, Forgetting medicine, medicine, forgetting, clear thinking,
1: clear thinking. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. Hey, Dave, we've got a lot of cool folks hanging out here today, but let's get back to talking to Claire from 49 Farms.
2: Right now 49 farms is actually 49 farms have you been to any of these farms
4: well that's our goal actually that's we want to have farms. one mi- one farm in every square mile of of san francisco seven by seven that's jay rosenberg the founder okay. of 49 farms dream actually have you met him <laughs> yes i have he's a good friend of mine he inspires me and he's just a really uh just extremely knowledgeable permaculture pioneer i mean yeah, he's. And
2: permaculture, this is something which is pretty new to you. You've absolutely, chef, yeah. You've been a chef, you've done all these things as a chef and as a person, as a kind of a service person. Now you're dancing free with a, uh, with a vision, with a, with a vision of permaculture and the actual sense of getting together with people, getting together with people, letting people find, another, find one another. And I'd like to get Jay and bring him on the show, and uh, I'd love to hear his own words.
4: Well, isn't he calling in like a few minutes?
2: No, yeah. no, this is
4: this is a, this it's a different J. different J. No, Jay Rosenberg. We're all talking about the same Jay Rosenberg. Oh, really? The and founder a, of Forty Nine Farms. <laughs> oh, but he's
2: also the founder of, of the Artworks. He's the guy at the Artworks. Right? Yes, yes. He's I yeah. oh, you know from the, from the from <laughs> <occupy> <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, I know. He's quite a legend. He's intellectual who, uh, but this, uh, but he, he actually gets his hands in the dirt. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the place <laughs> he has now is the place he has now. You have the vision of Forty Nine Farms, but right now the place is. The, out- the, the emerging artworks were, the, uh, were there at the bottom
4: of Hayes Street. Is that right? Absolutely. And L- Lagoon and a- Fell Street.
1: Yeah. So, could, Claire, could you connect the dots for us here with 49 Farms and Artworks?
4: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad you asked that. So, uh, Hayes Valley Neighborhood Association, in partner with the Hayes Valley Art Coalition, uh, basically are... Uh, The commissioners of this project, Hayes Valley Artworks, which is being managed and executed by 49 Farms. So 49 Farms is doing all the design and the work and bringing in a lot of people. Not to say that the other entities don't contribute significantly, but so he's the managing um, director of the property. There's a 12-month lease on the space. In 12 months, they will be building Mercy Housing. But the Hayes Valley Artworks will be a component of that permanent structure once it's built. okay.
2: And so people were interested, and and were reaching out. If, if everybody brought what they had to bring, nobody would go without. And whatever whatever it is you had to have to bring, ideas, uh, ideas, tools probably to work. Ideas, tools, uh, your your company, your good thing, music, whatever they have to bring. That's the place to come. Come on down and talk to Jay, and and I guess the the the. It will emerge.
4: It will emerge, yeah. But We're at the beginning stages. The San Francisco right. Zen Center is building a labyrinth. So, Zen is just up the street? Absolutely, yeah. And they have history. been supporting us. And Zen.
2: and Zen Center, so reaching out to the community is what it's about. to uh, talk to the Zen Center and they say, well, they got together and said, what should we do here? We're used to sitting. We're used to sitting to a Zen. We're used to doing Zen. And then somebody said, let's do a labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Now the labyrinth is going to take place
6: yeah
4: they're they're constructing it each day just a little bit more and we are building a stage we're having an art walk we want to create a marketplace with food trucks and basically we want to bring um opportunity we want to create abundance and spread education i'm a professionally trained chef as you know so i will be hosting cooking classes there jay has a seed bank and library and it's all free and we're also rebuilding a butterfly uh, habitat locally here in the neighborhood. And if you talk to Jay, it is possible to have him build out your small space, urban gardens, spreading education. It's all nonprofit. And we just want to build a community and create abundance everywhere.
1: Dave, Dave's looking at me like, can you believe this? This Whoa, is exactly yeah. <laughs> all the things that we're all about here on the common and, and the
2: fact effect, it's just like that, Beautiful as we, as we follow, as we're in the, uh, as we're in the spirit, uh, as spirit I have to run into Jay, at the, uh, at the, I don't call it a march, I call it a stroll, a Santa, a, as we went in together into, the, into Super Bowl land, surrounded by cops, surrounded with guns I couldn't even imagine. And uh, Jay said, Diamond Dave, I got this thing going, come on down. And now we can be the radio voice of all that. Thank that's you. the spirit Thank of about you. it. So whatever is going, where well, I'm, I'm going to start coming down there regularly.
4: Oh, we hope so. We'd love to see you. Because that's what
2: Jay, day. Jay, 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 is going to be. Jay is going to be calling in a few minutes, and we're going to be here from him. I, still told totally be calling at nine forty-five. So. Uh,
1: yeah, because so, so so from what I understand, then this this project um, coming together at 49 Farms is kind of managing this Hayes Valley Artworks right there. Oh, what okay. was previously the the Hayes Valley Farm. Right. Right, right there. uh, But but now, now half, about half of that lot has become... Uh, They built condos there.
4: Well, actually, it is Mercy Housing as well, affordable housing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the space is really being used responsibly. And that's the whole movement of 49 Farms. It's not about creating a public structure permanently. What Jay is doing is showing how you can create permaculture everywhere, and it doesn't have to be permanent. It can be done anywhere. And he's, uh, you know, working with nature and utilizing plants and methods that maximize the output and create solutions to urban problems.
1: And so this could be a project that can be picked up at the end of this 12-month period and, and, and jump around and inspire people. different Yeah, he's different got spaces. dozens and
4: dozens and dozens of projects. We have a live, um, a live feed for our map of all the current 49 farm projects going on in the city. So we want farms everywhere. And it's not always just a farm. It can just be a garden. It can just be, you know, a tomato patch or strawberry patch. And, you know, the Bee Conservatory Project that um, 49 Farms is managing as well. We have an urban honey uh, line. And we're using a CSA model that we're launching this month, actually. And this is organic urban honey. And they're creating habitat for the bees. They're educating. And they're multiplying the bees. And ultimately, that's the source of our food.
1: That's fantastic. I'm really... excited about that a few years ago i um decided to take a urban beekeeping class as my own little birthday present to myself i mean i went one day i was like contemplating putting some bees in my family's backyard and i was like well it's kind of close to everything if you have a rooftop or something that's really probably best but um but yeah just i mean and and to be able to take care of bees locally and steward them um especially in this like bee crisis that we're having you know it, it was a it's pretty scary um so yeah this is such a great project and I'm, I'm i'm glad that you've come in today and that and we can connect and you know we're definitely here for you and uh, 49 you. farms uh, to come in and you know you wanted to give us updates on your on your bees and we would love to um and and the different classes that that are being offered for sure
4: absolutely I, thank uh, you uh, uh, there's
2: some problem but Art is trying to call I just I called. Just called on his phone, and he's trying to call. So we should be
1: calling soon.
4: Yeah, yeah. Jake's going to be calling from on site today, and he's going to tell us what's going on out there.
1: So how how did you get involved, Claire?
4: Uh, With 49 Farms? Yes. That's a really interesting story, and I'm glad you asked. We uh, met, Jay and I met at a Scion car commercial audition. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of us got the spot. (laughs) Random. (laughs) So uh, we're just, you know, conversation happens when you're waiting for a long time. And uh, Jay brought his dog, Callie. So, of course, he's the most popular person in the room. And he told me about what he was doing, and it just absolutely hit me, like, you know, a freight train, I couldn't even believe that I was sitting next to somebody who was actually, uh, had planned and is, was currently executing something so remarkable. And I didn't even pick up on the word permaculture, but, uh, through that meeting, I followed him on Facebook and Twitter and had tried to participate in some of his events and whatnot, but I was a busy food entrepreneur and... So it didn't work out, but then we crossed paths again with this Parcel O project at Laguna and Fell, the Hayes Valley Artworks project, which we're doing for the next 12 months. It's a uh, pretty much a carte blanche lease. We can do whatever we want there on the property as long as we have the support of the neighborhood. And like we said, we wanna do a community um, education center, art, uh, merchants, we wanna create a marketplace so small manufacturers can really come in and you know tell their story about what they're doing sustainably, locally, uh, Uh, created products and all having the vision, the same mindset of taking responsibility for our existence and the existence of the next generation and doing proactive things that we can do every day to create abundance and share and learn and grow and, and, you know, mitigate some of the problems.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I like to tell people that you can, it doesn't matter if you have like a little tiny, Apartment or someplace, you can have your own little mini farm or mini garden in the space that's the size of your TV.
4: Absolutely, yeah, it, you can, and it, I think it's kind of intimidating for some people like me. I am very intimidated by growing my own food and doing those things. But you know what you can do? You can start a neighborhood compost so that you use all of your coffee grounds. You're using all your banana peels. Have just a little compost pile, and then take that somewhere or give it away. You know, because your our trash, if you, you if you can mitigate the amount of green waste that goes into your bin and then maximize the output of what you get from it. Like, for example, you can boil avocado peels and extract the oil. You can take the rinds off of your citrus and dry them in the oven, make your house smell amazing, and use them in tea and bubble baths and basically you know, anything you can think of to use nature in a positive way that gives back instead of um, depleting resources and creating toxins and pollutants
1: amen and and that's such a great that that there's going to be these educational resources just to kind of you know just kind of peel back the layers because there are so many things that we can do that are that are right right within reach but maybe we're not looking for it we don't really know what to look for um but but really i mean i i was pretty amazed several years ago um yeah i grew up out here in the sunset and it's a foggy neighborhood you know, it's a foggy place. And so growing up, I, we were always going kind to of say, well, why don't we plant anything? And it was, was like, well, it's never going to grow. It's foggy out here. And then several years ago, uh, my brother decided to try to just revitalize my uh, our family's backyard. Um, and he's, it's been like a little urban farm ever since. I mean, chard, carrots, um, you know, sometimes herbs, lots of lettuce, um, all sorts of stuff that just grow, squash, He's uh, tomatoes. There was one year we had like tons and tons of tomatoes, and tomatoes are cool because if you're really if you're growing uh, really abundantly, the more you pick, the more they grow. And so um, it was just this whole uh, eye-opening experience for for me and for him and for you know a few. Uh, members of our family are like, Oh my God, how can you even like, what do you mean? You're growing tomatoes in the sunset. You know, I mean, it can happen and it's, is it's almost as, I mean, it's not as hard as you think it is. You get, a little plot you might clear it you clear it out with weeds you put in some good soil and you put some seeds in there and you water it right. and you see what happens in some years you got stuff and some years you don't and some years are better than others and of course we've had the drought you the know, past few years it's a huge success
4: now, story and it's so wait is, jay, is
2: okay. jay calling or what well, he wants us to call him He's, uh, all right
1: well we can try that here here's his number right? all right there you go it's
2: okay hey hey veronica what do you think
1: of this
8: <laughs> very interesting
2: you'll okay, well, go, to, go the mic T- t- we're talking to the world The here. mic
8: is on? Oh, yes. hi, guys. Okay. <laughs> we're talking
2: to the world here. Uh, we're, we're, uh, anywhere there's an Internet... Uh, pe- we're telling a lot of people out there. So what do you think of this? Here is a, here's a plan. Uh, what's coming to me is that it's an art space... Will be an art space where people bring stuff and so on, but it's also a space where people can take it, take away, take take have stuff where they can take away and bring it to so a thousand forty nine farms that'll be small a thousand art spaces a thousand yes, garden yes. spaces a thousand uh, permaculture kind of places could emerge from what what's going to be done there.
4: Absolutely. Well, back to the point we were making earlier about the s- success story with the home garden. Um, you know, our organization is here to help you build the boxes if you need to get some soil we'll show you how to make it or we'll do what we can to get the donations and help you build this because it's not just you know we're there and we are doing it on our site we will come to your home for you we will help you build it there on site if you can't afford to get the materials we'll find them for you we okay go
3: ahead
4: Oh, well, I mean, there's a lot to say. <laughs> do we have Jay on the phone yet? We do have Jay on the phone. Oh, yeah, okay. we do.
2: We do have Jay on the phone. Yeah,
4: Jay's on site. And
2: so this is, so Veronica, uh, I think the basic idea of this is that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And if people that are welcome to come and take part in this, take part, we're talking about a combination of art, gardening, and the, and the, and the gardening, in a sense. Farm, farm gardening in a sense. In other words, a place where everybody should be able to bring with their particular skills what they have to bring and doing more together than any of us can do on our own. What do do you, what do you, could you see yourself being something, part of something, bringing something, being part of this emerging community?
8: Um, Sure, I do. I mean, uh, I certainly have never participated too much in these affairs, but I'm starting to come out and... uh, Participating more now. in the community in general, you know, I've been, um, I volunteer once in a while at Adobe Bookshop, which is great. Um, I certainly stop by more at Revolution Cafe, which I love. It's par- probably like the perfect cafe for me because it has music, poetry books, it's you know. Well, man Bohemian Enclave. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. And it plays well with my, you know, interests, you know, philosophy and literature and also a bit of poetry as well. Okay, we're gonna read some
2: poetry about some,
8: but now we have a, we've, got, we've got
1: Jay on the phone. Let's talk hey, to I Jay. Really, we've been right.
2: uh, I can see you're a special person. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Sister is glorious as well. Yeah. Hey Jay. Jay. Hello, how are you? I'm I'm good enough. Uh, we've been just uh, uh, we've, we've been talking generally. Claire has really laid it out. Now it's your turn. Tell me some of the vision, with, uh, the vision you have for the artworks.
9: Oh, so you know, I'm I'm really excited about this new space that we've um, we've created in partnership with the Hayes Valley Neighborhood Association, and the mayor's office, and um, of course uh, Mercy Housing, who is going to be building. Uh 455 fell. It's going to be 108 units of affordable family housing. Those affordable family units will be um, uh, for low and middle income and families and some formerly homeless. It's supposed to be a really great project. We've been working with them to activate the space until construction begins probably in about a year, maybe uh, next spring.
4: technical difficulties this
9: site is um yes. it's called okay. hayes valley artworks it's um it's also known as parcel o it's one of the parcel o the alphabet oh, sites that was uh, destroyed compromised during the earthquake in loma Prieta. it has a pretty you know dynamic history it used to be the off-ramp um, i remember be, that off-ramp uh,
6: <laughs>
9: right it used to touch down at Fell in laguna right at 101 where it ends um you know the, the neighborhood organized around it when they were looking at the the freeway, and there was a revolt back in the day. Lots of strong people brought that freeway down, created the neighborhood association, and liberated all these parcels, which are now pretty cool. Some of them are pop up spaces like the uh, bike shop and um, the smitten ice cream and the beer garden, of course, which is, has great, great stuff. Yeah, that's. So we got all these neat little spots all over this place that are on these old freeway parcels. And this one will be housing, but it's going to be about you know a year or so before they build it. So working with the Neighborhood Association, they've asked us to, you know, create a space to activate it and to focus on art and making things and creative reuse, not really like adding to the waste stream, but working through it um, and having a great time on a big community space focused on, you
6: know, creativity.
1: That's so great, you know, because I, I think it's when we, we th- look at the, the small city that San Francisco is, and ways to mitigate um, population and waste and everything. Um, you know, public. You know, education for the public, and and a good community space to come together in it. Um, I'm so glad that that space is being used, even if it is just temporarily, um, but to kind of act as kind of a. a, a just kind of a, a model for what, what can happen in other spots around the city and, and beyond.
4: I'm so glad you said that. That's exactly what 49 Farms wants to do. He uh, Jay is taking the permaculture model and pioneering the urban application of it. And we hope to connect with sister cities and use this model that we are creating by the day, by the hour, and inspire others to follow. So,
2: Jay... You're down there, you're, you have a, you have a table down at the desk, your office is kind of down there. You're kind of holding it down, and people who, uh, who pick up on this vision would like to lend a hand or have something to bring, can come down and you're there. when, when are you there?
9: Um, we're here almost every day, every day except for Tuesday. Um, we get here around noonish and we close around dusk-ish. Um, it's officially 12 to 5. But uh, you know how that works.
2: Now things are emerging. I imagine uh, people come down like I did. I met you on the march and you, you, told me, you told me to come on down there and that was good enough for me. I came down looked around and I, it captured my imagination and I plan to spend more time there to come, uh, to come down, hang out, talk to people, see what emerges in my mind and in the community and that some kind of, I imagine well, some kind of structure uh, where we could have like weekly get-togethers, a weekly circle, a weekly council, where we get together and bring it together. Does that seem like a good model to you?
9: Um, that sounds great. You know, I'd like to you know maybe offer up that Sunday afternoons. Right now, we're here having a nice little community gathering of anyone and anyone who's nearby and wants to come by. It's completely open, and you know it's free and fun. And if you want to come by on a Saturday, after, uh, Sunday afternoon. We'll
2: have a great time together. Okay, so let's, uh, let's put it down there. Come down Sunday afternoon, people. People would like to lend a hand. I'll be there Sunday afternoon, and we'll, we'll, we'll lend a hand. i have be in another poem. Give what you can, take what you need, where you can, when you can, however wherever you can. In other words, lend a hand. And strangers. you know
9: our project is um it's pretty neat because we've gotten tremendous support from the folks who live right here in the neighborhood. I'm wondering
2: about that. I wonder uh, about the housing. The people who share is it about three acres, would you say? The, 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 uh, it used uh, to be
9: it's just under an acre. It's just under an acre. Oh, so that's um, an you know, this big. site used to be this site used to be two parcels of land that were in, you know connected, the on ramp and the off ramp. That was about two and a half acres, two point two, I think okay. was the, the stat. And um, when it was the 2.2-acre site, you know, we were here and we had created a beautiful community farm. Uh, it was called Hayes Valley Farm. A lot of people worked on it together. Yeah. Um, but it was temporary, and we had to demonstrate that that works. And I think we had a, a lot of fun there. And one of the projects that came out of that was 49 Farms. And the, the essence of that was find out what your neighborhood wants and create urban agriculture there. Sometimes that looks like a farm. Sometimes that looks like a a place to have uh, outdoor um Classroom, or you know, something fun like that. But each neighborhood's different, and each neighborhood wants their own little creative space. So, working with you know a lot of different artists, we're here in Hayes Valley creating uh, an art center, so, and it's it's going to be at my headquarters for the next year until we build housing here.
2: Jay, Jay, call me in. I'll be there Sunday afternoon, <laughs> and let's have a little party. Veronica, why don't you come down too? It's something to do. Well,
8: I, I'm actually working, so. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> well, anyway, coming Any up. Yeah, we're gonna. have a Sunday afternoon is gonna be the the time to really get together and let me. You know, we have this. Uh, let me take you higher. Let me take you <laughs> higher. Yeah, and, hey, Jay. and actually,
1: recently, Jay, um, uh, Day- Diamond Dave was described as a political bumblebee. So I think you know, and, and embracing uh, various communities throughout the throughout the city and connecting dots. So uh, so he'll be buzzing down there on Sunday afternoon to, to see what he can uh, pollinate in terms of ideas.
2: Lending a hand, and uh, I said it before you come on, but please consider us the voice. Of all of this. Uh, Tuesday, I mean every Friday, three to six, a voice of all of this so we can com- communicate to the world what's going on there, which seems to be something which, you, which you're looking forward to. So, so, Jay, I'll see you Sunday. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about next Friday and how we can uh, uh, maybe you can find it. It's a Slide in the Family Stone. Let me take you high. Or how's that?
9: <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great time. I hope to see you then.
2: Okay. Are you doing some broadcasting down there too? You said tonight you were going to yes. be broadcasting. Is that we're right? We're
9: going to do a show on Friday nights, but we need uh, we need some help setting it up. Right now, we've got everything ready to go for a for a live show on Friday nights here, Aloha Friday, and um, we just need someone help setting it up. If you can help with that, come on Sunday. And we'll, we'll put on our we'll put on a broadcast. It's going to be okay, great. Well,
2: I, I know people. Whom, uh, Eric, for instance, would be interested in this, and we'll come down. where you need maybe knows the technical technical. You need somebody who knows the technical the sound technology, of doing a, uh, doing a radio show down there. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Two weeks. So, anybody out there in the world, if you'd like to be part of this, construct a a. Uh, underground uh, radio station, radio mm-hmm. permaculture, sustainable, all the radio station. Well, let's do it.
4: Heck
9: yeah. Thank you, thank Dave.
1: You That's
2: going to be a hoot. I'll see you on
1: Sunday. You will. Okay. Well,
9: so,
2: hey,
1: uh, yeah, Claire. Uh, and Claire, so there's an online presence as well, right? Is it 49farms.org? Yes, dot org. thank
4: you very much. And Hayes Valley uh, Neighborhood Association has uh, more information as well.
1: Oh, beautiful. So cool. I'm so happy that that That, space is being used. Oh, my goodness. Thank
4: you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And what we can do, Claire, I mean, Val, Claire,
2: Coach collaboration what we could do to be part of it with a voice of a number of projects voice of a number of communities and that would be so good wouldn't it absolutely because if we talk about doing radio there we could actually broadcast this show sometime in the future this very show down there we would love that with the technology heck
4: you see yeah what I'm talking about? anytime we want to have your billboard up as well
1: cool right on well making connections we we'll love it cool anyway thanks a Yep. Could
2: you read a poem uh, while well, he sets up and plays some music? Sure. Yeah, I want to <laughs> okay. I, I hear some poetry and hear special... This is a Greek poet, right? Read yes. by, a, by a Portuguese sister.
8: Yes, this poet, Kavafi um, is Greek, but he lived in Alexandria almost all his life. It is by no means, you know, ancient. It's actually quite modern, so this is passed in the 40s. Um, I'm going to read one of my favorite ones. It's called Ítica. I might say some of the words... Wrong because sometimes I don't spell words in English well. <laughs> but um, I'll do my best. Right on. Okay. When you set out on the journey to Ithaca, pray that the road be long, full of adventures, full of knowledge. The Lestridonians and the Cyclopes, the raging Poseidon do not fear. You'll never find the likes of these on your way, if lofty be your thoughts if rare emotion touches your spirit and your body. The last two and the Cyclopes, the fierce Poseidon, you'll not encounter unless you carry them along within your soul, unless your soul raises them before you. Pray that the road be long, that there be many a summer morning when with, with what delight, what joy, you'll enter into harbors yet unseen, that you may stop at Phoenician Emporia and acquire all fine wares, mother of pearl and coral, amber and ebony, and sensuous perfumes of every kind, as many sensuous perfumes as you can, that you may visit many an Egyptian city to learn and learn again from lettered men. Always keep Ithaca on your mind. To arrive there is your final destination. But do not rush to the voyage in the least. Better it lasts for many years. And once you're old, cast anchor on the isle rich with all you've gained along the way. Expecting not that Ithaca will give you wealth. Ithaca gave you the wondrous voyage. Without her, you'd never have set out, but she has nothing to give you anymore. If then you find her poor, Ithaca has not deceived you. As wise as you've become with such experience, by now you will have come to know what Ithacas really mean. (laughs) Wow,
1: that was a beautiful poem.
8: Yes, Gavafi is quite—he's quite a um, quite poet. Yeah. Yeah. He is the poet of Alexandria, you might okay. say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fantastic.
8: Yes, that's
2: correct. Okay, have you ever read, ever read that? I'm, I'm talking to everybody, I'm talking to you. The Alexandria and the Quartet by uh, its for Lawrence
8: books. Durrell, yes, yeah. I'm reading it right now, actually. Oh, you are?
2: That's an amazing book, isn't it? <laughs> it's that, amazing, yes. Because that's the world in which he's living.
8: Yes, that's correct. And actually, Lawrence Durrell, a lot of the references he takes are from Cavafi, from really? this poet. Yes, he, wow. ma- he mentions a lot in the first book, Justine, um, the old poet or the poet of the city. He is talking about Cavafi.
2: I wonder, have you ever read the, anything in the Alexander there's Justine there's, what are the four books? just to mention Ms. It's um
8: Justine Balthazar is the second, the third is Clea and the fourth is Mount Olive, which is actually a sequel. whereas the first three are the same events
2: from different perspectives.
8: Exactly. time. you know
2: Lawrence Sorel is an amazing person and I have at home was given my birthday for my birthday a Henry Miller's book about going to Italy, Italy to go see uh, Lawrence Durrell. See you in a moment. It's uh, uh, we l- Lawrence Durrell just come out of the uh, British uh, Foreign Service, and, w- and, w- and was living in, in, in Greece. Mm-hmm. And in uh, the Corfu Islands, correct? And yeah. yeah, and then Henry Miller goes to see him. It's called, but anyway, I'll bring it, I'll bring it next week. It's a and month.
8: I'll search for that. I'll uh, <laughs> consult the internet.
2: <laughs> well look, you're, you're how you speak, how you why don't you come on? I want you to be a regular
8: guest to come and read a poem. Sure. Come to cool. Welcome aboard. What do you think? Yeah, that's awesome. Very yeah, cool. I'll just pop by. You know, I live actually next door, so I can only. You hear. live next door. Well, store? there you go. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Not next door, literally. We live about four oh, blocks away. <laughs> okay, nice, well, I mean, nice. We're about to I, I like music. that. All thanks, uh,
1: Veronica. Very cool. Sweet. All nice. right. All right. And I want to check out that book before you take off. But out there in the studio space, we've got our friend Rivo set up at the microphone. Thanks for hanging out. Mike, sound good? Um, Give us a couple songs, my friend. Thanks for coming uh, back.
10: How's the guitar coming? Very nice. All right. So I'm going to open with a cover. Somewhere in an alternate universe, Stevie Wonder was a folk singer, and he would have sounded like this. (laughs) ¶¶
11: Everybody's got a thing. Some don't know how to handle it. Always reaching out in vain. Expecting that things not worth having. Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing now, Mama. Cause I'll be standing by your side when you check it out. You say your style likes a drag And that you must go all the places Well, just don't you feel too bad When you get fooled by smiling faces Don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing now, mama So i I'll be standing by your side when you check it out, 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 out. When you get off, off, off your trip. Well, don't you worry about a thing. You worry about a thing. Everybody needs a chance, a chance to check out the new. But you're the only one who sees the changes you take yourself through. You don't have to worry about a thing. I'll be standing by your side when you check it out, out, out when you get off 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 your trip don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing in Chevrolet. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about a thing.
1: Don't you worry about a thing. All right nice rival I like that
10: thank you thank you
1: hey yeah give us a couple more
10: so my second song will be one of my own this is uh, I guess sort of appropriate for Valentine's Day being two days away Uh, it's a song called Ghosts and Shadows so enjoy
11: To a morning, memories a bit bad, rising to a time i wish wished away. When I entertain your ghost, breach the peace with bland small talk and mundane tasks. Tears of longing locked away behind a mask, burdened with questions too painful to ask. While I entertain your ghost. It's a broad tunnel vision Ghosts and shadows dance about the empty room Perish the notion that they'll so disappear As I sink deeper into the murky everglade Sugar plums return to slumber on the dreams I've laid Misty eyes return to greet the dawn and softly cry Yesterday, an eternity of joyful bliss Not enough appreciation until days like this Grasping for your reach, just empty air in my fears Will I entertain your ghost? Nights are cold and forlorn, while the daytime forgets The warm embrace I've missed, locked inside your silhouette Longing for answers to my prayers, still nothing yet just entertaining Go Thoughts abroad broad and vision Ghosts and shadows Dance about the empty room To embarrass the notion That they'll soon disappear As I sink deeper Into the murky everglay Sugar plums return to slumber In the dreams I've laid Misty eyes return to greet the dawn and softly cry, and softly cry. As I sink deeper into the murky everglade, sugar plums return to slumber on the dreams that I've laid. Misty eyes return to greet the dawn and still I've cried, yeah, Can't you hear me cry? Yeah to its call I just can't bear the thought that I've lost you after all and all these autumn days they just slow to a crawl well I entertain you go. and it's cloudy eyes to a blue sky and a pristine lake. waking to a morning memories a bit vague rising to a time I thought I wished away when I entertain your goals, I just entertain your goals, entertain your goals, I just entertain, entertain.
10: There's that, thank you everybody. Uh, Before I go, a couple quick announcements. I got a few shows going on. First of all, I got my own open mic happening tomorrow night at uh, Cafe St. George, it's called the Bernal Flats open mic. Sign-ups at 5.30, goes from uh, 6 to 8. Feature will be Samuel Rowland. Uh, lovely young lady just walked in. I'm gonna plug a show that I'm doing with her. Uh, on February 25th, we're doing a show at the Poor House with myself and my good buddy, Alzara Getz and the Brothers Spellbinder. And the last but not least, the big one, ladies and gentlemen. On March 6th, I'm playing at a Battle of the Bands at DNA Lounge. Uh, please come see me to buy tickets. They're 10 bucks each. I have no idea who the other bands are. I'm sure they're all good. And I'm going to rock it. And thank you very much, and good night.
1: Oh,
5: right on, Rivo. Thanks so much. <laughs> I also would like to say thank you to the uh, phantom who fixed the lighting for us so his guitar would show up on the damn camera. Thank you. <laughs> it is nice. We had some uh, volunteer uh, angels come through
1: uh, Mutiny Radio just a few weeks ago and put in these lights that were desperately needed because it felt you guys, like you guys were out in the, in the darkness and I was in some sort of like you know lizard tank in here. Um, so, yes, let there be light, and thank you. For the folks who did that for us here at Mutiny Radio, Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, So, now, back in the studio. Studio. Hold on, Dave. Let me put that mic away so you don't have to hold it. Uh. Hey.
2: We're back. We got a lot of folks here who are aching to tell their story.
1: Yeah. To make things
2: happen. It's uh
1: And we're gonna and we're gonna talk to Nadia now, yeah, but who's gonna who's Nadia. gonna be after Nadia so they can get set up up there? Well oh, I think uh I think it might be uh Oh oh, well, oh who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? Raise a hand, somebody raise your oh, hand. I don't know.
2: Well somebody here here's uh who is uh Bloodflower. Bloodflower is gonna be next.
1: Okay. If that's <laughs>
6: we just in a phone. few minutes, Bloodflower, if you, you would, we can, we
1: can give you a microphone for yeah, that piano or whatever anyway, you want to do. See, anyway, a yeah, nice segue. We are back here with Nadia. Well,
2: let me introduce yeah. Nadia in a yeah. good way.
1: Okay. Go ahead, Dick. Sure he's going to read off of the back of her book. This is, book
2: and this is Nadia, but in this case, her name is Hope Silver. And her book is called Curious Things. And here's what it says about Hope Silver. When Hope Silver was a little girl, she lived in a very cold place in Russia, and everyone called her Nadia. She liked skating and skiing, swimming in the river, and picking mushrooms with her mom. She was an ordinary girl, but but she also liked bringing all kinds of things to life, like the trees in the forest, and the waves of moonbeams on the river. She would even dream of life stories for life stories for, for any dragonflies or bees that happened to fall into the barrel of rainwater at their cottage on the shores of the great river, of the, of the great old River in Siberia. Back then Nadia had no idea she would be a writer one day and relate her childhood fantasies as, as little stories in which li- lifeless objects, lifeless objects come alive. Wow! Hope Silver, Nadia, Sobrinikava moved to California in 2013. Two years later, she tried to, decide to try her luck in the green card lottery just that once, and her life was transformed. Uh, Nadia's novel, Born Born No Matter. B- born No Matter What b- 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 No Matter What b- I'm sorry Born No Matter What received the award of the best book of the year in the fantasy genre in an international Russian writers competition in Germany 2015 Wowzy! Well, well here's Nadia Nadia Little Things write about little things bringing objects to life Nadia so glad you're here
12: Hello I'm Read here a couple to of these here.
2: little things these uh, little, little things these little stories so we can see how you roll. It's so beautiful! Wow! Again, I wish we had a, we had uh, we had vision and we could put it out there. Nadia, take it away.
1: Yeah, read us a couple, because your book, Curious Things, is um, uh, it's just like a series, like of of little short stories of all these different curious things about different objects that you've kind of brought to life and personified. So, yeah, share share a couple with us.
12: Oh, hi. Um, I guess uh, take uh, f- a few minutes, maybe two or three minutes to read aloud. Wait, sure. Okay, mm, the first story uh, is called "The Serendipity. <coughs> the tea bag was afraid of being used. He'd seen what happened to his friends who'd been in the box with him. God, save me from this fate," he prayed. I don't want to lose everything I have and end up squeezed out and empty on the saucer." He was the back closest to the edge of the box, and that frightened him even more. "Ah!" he yelled when the hot steam from the cup touched his string. "Ah!" he bawled even louder at the, as, the as he sank into the boiling hot water. Ouch. Then there was silence. The water, tinted by the color of his insides, tenderly crowded the little bag. Finding himself on the saucer, like all of his friends, he listened as everybody praised the tea. Oh, good, he thought, drying out after his serendipitous accomplishment. He finally relaxed, having realized one very important thing, that every tea bag had to fulfill his intended purpose possibly even twice <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you sometimes feel like that tea bag yeah. <laughs>
12: sometimes people feel the same <laughs> right right
1: i don't want to do this i don't want to do this i don't know why why do i have to yeah, do that yeah. oh oh, oh wasn't
12: so scary i'm okay
1: <laughs> this is what i was born to do awesome yeah, it's all right
12: encourage people um the second one is the lovers Two sponges, one blue, one green, were in love. They dated in the kitchen sink by the stack of dirty dishes and were happy just to be touching the same plates. But two weeks of heavy scrubbing by various hands left them utterly dilapidated. And so the lovers lived a short soggy life together, without even a single squeeze, even though they were sponges. And two last stories, very short. Um, the third one is called The Curious Little Snot. There was a little drop of snot lurking in the Dick's nose, and it peeked out at the worst possible moment. Just when he finally got up the nerve to kiss his Jane, Dick never did get married. <coughs> <laughs> Poor Dad. Okay. <laughs> and the last one, I think, very meaningful, is it it call, called Conclusions. Life is a gift, said the wrapping paper. Life is imagination, pronounced the writing paper confidently. Life is a rainbow, exclaimed the colored paper. Life is current events, reported the newspaper. Life is shit, concluded the toilet paper. gloomily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is like examples of stories in my book. There, there is, uh, there are 29, the stories, and I keep 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 writing.
1: <laughs> That's so cool. So curious things. Um, so did you write them in Russian and then translate them to English, or did you uh, write it's them in not English? not
12: my translation. The translator is Christina. She lives in Canada. Oh, great. And uh, I have a great caricaturist who made an illustrations. For this book. And this book is on Amazon.
1: If nice. So, it. And it's called Curious Things, right? Curious things. By And it's under your pen name, right? Hope yeah, so. Hope Silver. Hope Silver. Yeah. It's such a fun little book. You know, those are kind of like, that's something that, like a book you could give as a gift. Yeah. Just because you pick it up, it's one little short story. Yeah, it's, it's got the pictures. It's just cute. Yeah. And, it, and it's fun. But also poignant <laughs> it doesn't take much time to read <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun I'm so glad you came here
12: thank you Please. Yeah, <laughs> you're always welcome uh, here's, uh, here's her daughter, uh, and yeah. she's gonna
2: play a song it's getting ready she got a guitar could you step right up here at your guitar introduce your daughter will you
12: um, my daughter's name maybe she you introduced yourself now she's name uh, her name is Nina Siri and she wrote her song so she just started learning how to play guitar Okay. And her song is called Just Me.
1: Just Me. And let me make sure. Yeah. Hey, everybody out there, if you're listening, can we keep it quiet out there right. for a moment? Yeah, we this guy. I know you guys are warming up, but uh, we've got uh, Nina's going to be playing a song from inside the studio. So, uh, everybody
2: sit down. go for it. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're be
1: All right. After, yeah. Her, after her, okay? Yeah. But Jacob,
2: hang on. Great. Where's your, where's All right, Dave, there we
1: go. All right. Nina? Go ahead.
2: Hi. Hi. I can
13: say hi. I can say bye. I can say go away and end it all. But this is not like me at all. I can say yes. I can say no. I can say go away and let it go. But this is not like me at all. At all. this is me can't you see i am everything i wanna be just me 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 this is me can't you see I can say stop, I can say go, I can say things that you don't know But this is not like me at all I can say right, I can say wrong, I can say anything I want Cause it's my song This is me, can't you see?
1: Oh, Nina,
2: is that your first song? That's a beautiful song. You'll be a songwriter. I'm just me. That'll be fun. Yeah. No, it's
1: Wait, how Nina? How old are you? Um, Eleven.
6: Eleven.
1: Wow. Wow. You're a fantastic singer, musician, and and poet. Oh
2: my goodness, <laughs> I'm a philosopher. It's all yeah. together. i telling the truth. Hey, next so we have this brother g- Jacob. I'm is, so glad you Jacob both came.
1: Thank it. you, Nadia and Nina, for coming down to be part of well, Mut- the Common Thread Collective on Mutiny Radio FM. So that's going around the planet. To, so, uh in the podcast will go up right after the show, so you yeah, can like send sure. uh, tell your family and friends all around uh, to listen in. Thank you so much. So talented, both of you. What lovely, beautiful women around the world. Yeah, who we've got out there?
2: Wow, is that lovely? Okay. we got our brother Jacob. Jacob's up there. Thanks for hanging out, Jacob. Jacob, get up there and
1: sing us. All right, we're ready for you, Jacob. Is Jacob there, there hugging his guitar? Is that who we're talking about? Wow. What a lovely day here we've got going on at the Common Thread Collective. Um, Very cool. Thanks everybody for joining us. We've got a packed house here. We've got about an hour and uh, 15 minutes left. So everybody who wants to uh, participate and play or perform, um, let's do it. Let's keep it going and uh, let's keep it tight. So Jacob. I think you're warmed up out there, right?
14: Uh, am I the only
1: Jacob here? I think I think so. Make sure you get by a microphone. Okay, okay. And then uh, and then I'll uh, we'll be able to. Well, everybody All right.
14: will be. Um, is is the microphone working? I think it's oh, working yeah. a little bit, right?
1: Oh, it's it's working. Okay. All right. So you gonna sing us a song?
14: Oh uh, yeah, I'll sing some songs. Uh, I sing a song and uh, fiddle a little bit before I sing two songs. I will just sing a song or two. And her hair shone like golden In the hot morning sun She took all the love that a poor boy could give her And left me to die like a fox on the run For so the fall, said woman tempted man down in Paradise Hall. Once a woman tempted me, and she took me for like a ride. Like lonely fox, I just need a place to hide. She walks through the corner, leading down to the river. Hair shone like golden in her morning sun. She took all oh, the love that a poor boy could give her and left me to die like a fox on a run. Fox on a run. And i pour a glass away just to fortify my soul and talk about the world and friends we used to know I see a string of girls that put me on the floor the game is nearly over me and hounds are at my door And she walks through the court leading down to the river her hair shone like golden in the morning sun Oh, the love that a poor boy would give her Left me to die like a fox on the run fox on the run time ago and oh that rose how it grow Springtime has come I'm glad to see and a robin built a nest on daddy's grave I've unbuilt a nest on daddy's grave A robin built a nest on daddy's grave the I planted dad that rose there some time ago that rose it did grow Springtime has come up in the mountain A robin built a nest on daddy's grave Thanks, guys.
1: Hey, that was real nice, Jacob. We really, really enjoyed that. You're playing and singing. Thank you so much. We'll hope you come back again and, uh, and play another song maybe next week. Right on. Very, very cool. I like the set. We get such variety of, of uh, sounds. and. Uh, it, it's just great. Happy Happy Friday, everybody. Common Thread Collective, and uh, back here in the studio, we've got our friend Dogpaw and um, Anish, who's on the phone uh, to make an announcement. Welcome.
15: Hello. Happy to be Anybody there? there? Yeah. That was a wonderful song.
1: It was. You want to put those headphones oh, I see, I see, I see. on? You got it. Sorry. There we go. So yeah, what's uh, what, take it away,
16: Dogpaw. Paw? Okay, Anis, we're here at uh, Mutiny Radio. We're going to talk about this uh, incredible project that uh, has come to my attention and uh, to the attention of uh, fellow San Franciscans. This is Blankets for the Homeless that you have going on. And um, I ran into that uh, when I was walking by Praxis out in the Mission District where these... uh, Uh, Really cool items are being created and they can currently be seen or at least one of them can be seen in the window over at Alley Cat Books and uh, KQED has picked up on it and it's garnered quite a few um, responses to where people outside of San Francisco are starting to uh, replicate this um, project for the homeless in their towns. And so, um, Anise, are you there? Jacoby?
15: Yes, I am.
16: Wow, we want to hear your story. Uh, uh, tell, us, tell us this uh, story of this really, really cool project that you have going on here.
15: Well, it began in a very humble way that I think most people in San Francisco can relate to. On um, a very beautiful day, I was walking down Mission Street, and a guy was completely passed out. Uh, his pants hanging down around his knees surrounded by broken glass and it was so obvious to me that he could just roll over and cut his butt and it just went through me as a shiver as dozens of people just walked around him and obviously if men had tripped down the steps there would have been all kinds of good Samaritans to respond but it was clear that A numb, helpless, collective feeling of what to do about people in Jeopardy has become so common throughout the city and reflects all kinds of enormous political tidal waves of wealth and and economic change, but the main categories of why people land in such a condition remain, and we, my impulse, like uh, parent whose kid was not feeling well was to cover him and make him visible. So I came up on the spot with this thought of creating beautiful blankets, not utilitarian ones that would just kind of seem pro forma, but ones that would actually make him visible. So um, in the legacy of... City of Poets, something I've been championing for many years. We started Homes for the Homeless um, as a way of offering the people back the vitality and spirit and creativity the city stands for. So we created these art blankets, and many, many, many people have been involved in bringing them to life in a in a circle ceremony of making, and mending, and sharing, and caring, we wanted to have a way to spark the conversation about how to solve homelessness now, not in 10-year plans and stagnation. So that's the background, mm-hmm. there's lots and lots and lots of stories within the story, but. You know, it was basically started as an art action to distribute blankets um, to people sleeping on the streets of San Francisco to alert, provoke, provide, and ultimately push to erase the homeless humanitarian crisis we're all living with.
2: Well, that's incredibly beautiful. and I expect to see, to be walking down these streets here in the mission and see somebody uh, somebody uh, sheltered, sheltered, cuddling, cuddling them up under one of your beautiful blankets. And I know having been on the streets myself, having been homeless, having said about the, how, how much I I imagine that, how much I would treasure and how much better I'd feel with a blanket such as the blanket you describe. So, hey, sister, how do you plan to distribute them? How can people find them?
15: Well, what happened is we weren't – our goal was not to create enough blankets as a solution. No, of It course. was a ceremony. We geared it all around Super Bowl as the beginning, and I'll explain that in a second. But what we did to get this ignited had such a powerful – Waterfall of appreciation that we're exploring ways to continue making them. Um, And Praxis on 24th Street and the Alley Cat are probably the places to go. But our real goal was to give something that was an opportunity for the people who were making the blankets to give something and get to know a person. And the blankets were stuffed with all kinds of utilitarian poetry, and a sandwich, and a hat, oh and goodness. socks, and an emergency kit. And they they work as a poncho because they have a little hood on them. So they represent a lot of care, a lot of shelter, and they're gorgeous. I don't if you have a chance to see them, they're, they're not like any other blanket there. They make you feel royal.
6: I There's love the beautiful
15: suit. artwork on the back. The, the design that was silk screened by Chucho Perez, who is a fantastic member of our creative community, and many many other people contributed. Has poetry on it from Lawrence Ferlinghetti, the first poet laureate of the of uh, San Francisco, and it says that poetry is the shortest distance between two humans. So wow. In a little while, when we regroup, more blankets will be made. But what we already did was make just a couple of hundred, which was an enormous task, and distributed them in the days leading up to the Super Bowl extravaganza extravaganza, because we wanted to show a different kind of San Francisco. Not just the hoopla Hoopla. that was uh, stimulating a need to clean sweep,
2: but to address
15: the real needs that were sustainable over the long term.
2: That's so beautiful, and we want to help in any way as the um, as, um, as Common Thread Collective on Mutiny Radio. Are you, could you come down here next Friday, maybe bring a blanket, and bring some of the other uh, members of the collective, if I can call it a collective, and we can uh, put this on the air, and we really let people know how they can lend a hand. People in Praxis are good friends of mine. The people at yeah. Alicat is yeah, good, good. mine. The people at Adobe yeah. is good friends of mine. Let's get together and love one another right now. Could you come down next Friday? Love
15: one another right now. That, that's something we all keep well, I see that, that? that I is, think that's our generation. That is the premise.
2: I think you grew up with that. Let's get yeah, together and okay. love one another right now.
15: Right now. So could you come uh, yeah, down Friday? Do I think we would uh, be able to, to do that. Uh, the... Uh, outreach Would be that we're creating A template so that we can get As many people who are Inspired
2: Exactly, To, well, make, we'll...
15: to make the blankets well, If you go to that. our I'll Facebook page Facebook Or you go page. to the KQED page You can see uh, The whole process of making the blankets And certainly there's plenty of room To get on board And, and face- anyone who is interested Can just stop by and let Praxis, no, because there'll be once a month sewing circles very soon, and you can make them on your own. They're very easy to make.
2: I know the sisters Um, at Praxis are really down with the community down to lend a hand the sisters and a few brothers too down to lend a hand and I'm so glad they're here and they're kind of the model of what we like to see people do I don't know if they're formally a collective but they certainly give that impression working together well sister come on down bring who you want to uh, next week yeah and
15: uh, what's
1: that Facebook page?
15: yeah please try that again it's uh, Undercover SF it's a Facebook page and then also if you go to KQED uh, KQED Arts and put homeless blanket project or undercover blanket project. It will. There's a wonderful video you can check out. The Kevin Sagan. He's been following the whole um, homeless scene in San Francisco in a very uh, powerful, and important way. He did a major article in yes, the Chronicle. Check that out. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, there's response on the national PBS from literally thousands of people all over the country. So we have ignited something that is important, and let's capture that, and I appreciate it. There's also a beautiful song, which you can play for your listeners if you go to the Facebook page, by Anastasia, and it's right on it, and it's called Undercover. Um, She sang it on the steps of City Hall for KQED, it's the anthem of this movement so
2: beautiful. Um, enjoy all those things okay well, 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 and I, these, and- I look forward yeah. to seeing thank you so week. much yes and I'm a poet what a beautiful too. project and we've been discussing poetry in fact a guy just came through who was crossing the country writing a book about the poetry community and he came through and we talked about it the community emerging I believe that Barney Bernie bernie is just the tip of the iceberg and this is happening everywhere people getting together finding one another and loving one another and having projects do you, do you hear me i do so i do it's happening and we're part of it it makes me want to cry to think of it because i'm 78 years old i'm an old beatnik dude been through it all so anyway thanks for calling i got well i got uh i got uh, Dagba here. He's going to read something. and We have David. Uh, Dagba. Dagba is the one who, uh, who uh, brought you to, our, you to our attention and us yes, to your attention. Is that right? Thank you very much.
16: Okay, thank you. Thank you.
2: Okay, Dagba, you have something to read? And,
16: then, uh, and thank you Anise Jacobi for stopping by and letting us know about this really, really great project that I hope takes off in the and the rest of the country and the world, for that matter. You know, it's, this is how it really starts. Well. You know, seriously, just throwing that pebble and watching the ripples spread out. You that's right. That's right. And that's this right. is a, a big pebble, and it's those those ripples are reaching. And so I'm very, very happy to hear that project. Oh, it's a be um, next week, too. I got a little plug oh, here change. for an event that's happening tomorrow at the Mission Branch Library from the hours of 12 to 3, and it's called Heart Jump Bouquet: The Life and Poetry of John Trudell. Oh. And it's uh, really, really something special. And he was a key figure, as you know, um, with all tribes, uh, with the occupation of Alcatraz from 1969 to 1971. John Trudell was a prolific activist, author, poet, musician. Of course, I'm preaching to the choir. You all know this. But for those that don't know, uh, there'll be a commemoration of his life by playing a recorded conversation between Trudell, Earl Livermore, and Democratic congressman. Um, George Brown originally broadcasted on Free a uh, radio free Alcatraz, and this is um, a very very cool event that's going to be happening once again at uh, the Mission Branch Library tomorrow from the hours of twelve to three, and uh, I'm going to be there. I'll check Good. that out. I'll be there too. That's,
1: that's going to be really cool. Very. Yeah, the John Trudell. We played some John Trudell earlier. So, yeah, Mission Branch Library. It's right over there on 24th Street in Bartlett. Bartlett's between Mission and Valencia. Uh... It's a 100-year-old it's a building over there. So thanks, Dogpaw, for coming in Thank and you. reminding us of that. And we know you've got your, your art show up at UC Berkeley, up oh, at the, uh, yeah. the Ethnic Studies yeah. Library. Ethnic
16: Studies Library in Stevens Hall, and that'll be up for about another month. Very cool. And uh, I'll keep you posted on uh, some of the music events and poetry event that we're going to around that. Right on. Stand by on that one. Thank you.
6: Thanks
1: for being a partner in this uh, community radio effort here. And out back in the studio, we've got uh, a, 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 du- a duet, a duo who's been uh, patiently waiting up at the microphones. Hello and welcome.
17: Hi. Thank you for having us. I'm Al Alzara. And this is Jamie with me. And we're from a band called Brother Spellbinder. But yes, we're a duo today. Sometimes we're a five piece with uh, cello and violin and all kinds of good stuff, percussion. And uh, this song is called Junkyard Baby, about a little girl born on the wrong side of the tracks. And I want to dedicate it today to the person I co-wrote this song with, Jerry, whose um, schizophrenia has kind of uh, advanced and he's he's feeling alone so the song goes out to him
18: Bay, bay. Chasing dragons hide and seek from Pa dying but this is life so life
1: spellbinder <laughs> that was beautiful oh, that was okay. beautiful So, I think you've got a, a, a one more to do
17: yeah okay. great if, if there's time but I believe flexible. so
1: yeah there's time for one more song for sure but uh this is just a, a heads up for everybody out there while you're any, well go ahead go take it away
17: I think I'm still in tune but because this is a ukulele I'm just gonna check it this is a flea ukulele made in the USA By the Magic Fluke Company. So it looks like a lute, hence it's a fluke. Okay, and it's not in tune. See, because I was outside. Who'd have thunk? I know, that E doesn't want to behave. Behave, E. Okay, I think it's good enough. All right. Let me tighten this. Okay. May or may not fall down. The song is called Follow Me, it's about the end of the world.
1: And so, where can people find the music? Your music, Brother Spellbinder. Whoa, what's that? Where can people find you and your music? Okay, so
17: Facebook.com/brotherspellbinder. Um, there's also brotherspellbinder.com. We haven't updated that in a while, but it's out there and. Uh Just, yeah,
1: we're online, so we'd love to hear from you. Wonderful. Well, we're so happy you came down here to be on uh, the Common Thread Collective today, MutinyRadio.fm, broadcasting live, and the podcast will show up automatically after the show on MutinyRadio.fm. So, tell your friends. (laughs) And we're back in the studio here with... You were about to say something, wasn't it? we're back in the studio here with dj rubble and david and I, I just i just need to make a quick announcement everybody we do need to keep it real tight today so everybody else who's going to have a chance to share Lovely, but you only got five minutes to do it. <laughs> so plan accordingly, please. And uh, We do want to get everybody on um, in some fashion. So, so we're back in the studio. We've got DJ Rebel, and we've got David here.
19: Okay, let's make, let's make believe we've got a couple of minutes we on the yeah, radio here. Um, oh. <laughs> DJ yeah, Rebel, really. and I've got David Brankus here. David is fighting a really sleazy Ellis Act eviction by a bunch of rich liberal do-gooders helped organize a rally. Dave, you were at it. I was at it dur- during the Super Bowl for housing rights. And organizing under SOS San Francisco, a um, recent report from UC Ber- Berkeley came out, puts the lie to that. You can- It could be building market-rate housing to get out of this housing project, and the conclusions are that we need more affordable housing and to hold the stock of affordable housing. Um, David, you're fighting this with the assistance of Eviction-Free San Francisco, which fights evictions with direct actions. I've been assisting on this. So talk about your eviction and some of the things that you're doing to fight it and deal with it effectively
0: well that's that's right um, working with eviction-free San Francisco has been very good um, it's a mutual aid organization so there are people there that are have been fighting eviction for a couple years um, and other people who just came in the door and are facing eviction um, myself I'm going to ha- get my eviction notice in all likelihood at the end of the month so my story is coming into the last weeks and um, the pressure is up. Um, the people evicting me, you know, I'm an artist. I've lived in San Francisco for 34 years. I'm also a carpenter and a cabinet maker, and I've worked extensively in my apartment, fixing it up lovingly. And, um, you know, when the old owners went bankrupt during the financial crisis, th- my building was foreclosed, and the new owners uh, bought the building in a foreclosure sale for a song and then hired a uh, eviction specialist and started to force everybody out. Uh, I'm the only one who's fighting it. I, I'm a, you know, I don't like what's going on in the city and I feel my case can help bring a little more prominence to what's happening uh, because it's, it's, it's almost classic. The two guys that are evicting me are tech entrepreneurs. One is a former Google employee he has a uh, website called goodcitizen.com and um, he's a, bo- both of the brothers are advocates of privatization of public services and the sharing economy. Um, but they don't want to share anything themselves. Um, this, is, this is the thing. Um, at any rate, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm also an artist, as I said, and the wife of one of the evictors, who is also very anxious to get me out is uh, a curator at the De Young Museum. So this is another of several ironies in the case. So we've done several direct actions, three protests at the De Young, calling attention to the fact that, you know, uh, a curator of a major San Francisco, major national museum is evicting an artist and in a climate of a uh, total housing crisis where there are hundreds of artists being forced out of the city, musicians and poets and writers and painters and photographers like me and so on and so on, plus nonprofits and uh, arts organizations. So, um, you know, I'm trying to reach out to artists all over the city and try to get people active. Um, I've had a lot of sad stories from people who come up to me and say, you know, I I really hate what's happening to the city. It's just such an awful thing what's going on here. I just feel like leaving. And, you know, what I have to say to these people is don't leave. Fight for your city. Fight for your home. Um, You know, when you think about it, we're in the We're the 99% here in San Francisco. There's just a few people causing all these problems, a few bad apples that are exploiting and speculating and abusing their power. But, you know, you walk down the streets and you talk to your neighbors and you find out they're not those people. And even in the tech industry, most of these people are young people who have come into the city. Many of them will be absorbed into the city when this whole bubble pops. And will become part of our fabric. The people who are causing trouble are the Wall Street people, the money people, you know. And we we just have to stand up to these people and and stop them from from doing this. And I I, I have another little bit of hope to put out there. I the the feelers I'm getting are that people in the government also are fed up with what's going on, and people in positions of uh, uh, you know uh, great influence in this city are fed up with what's going on. So. You know, it's not a time to give up. It's a time to press on and try to, you know, stand with your, your brothers and sisters and, you know, uh, try to protect the people who are under threat of eviction. So and well
2: said. Thank you, brother. And, uh, well, you know, the, art, uh, the, art, uh, the, artworks, well, the artworks, you heard them come and talk about the artworks. That space they opened up where the space they opened up where Hayes Valley Farm was. Did you hear that? and Sunday, uh, Sunday they're inviting everybody to come over and uh, to get together. It's a, it's a space, it's about an acre to c- get together and uh, I'd, uh, I'm going to go over there and I think uh, you could go over there and uh, it's a good place for people to gather. We need places where people can gather, talk about things and see what emerges. Do you? Well, I'd,
0: I'd also like to, uh, I got, got an, got an event, event as well and um, it's part of, my, part of my resistance in fact. I'm having an exhibition in my house oh, and in beautiful. my studio. I have a basement gallery and, and a lot of uh, very colorful art for people to come see. It's on Valentine's Day uh, this uh, Sunday, two nice. days from now, from 1 to 4 p.m. at 53 Walter Street in the DuBose Triangle. So I hope you all can okay. come out there and you'll see what kind of art is being evicted from this city. Well, uh, I, I'd also like to mention, uh, I'm have got a I'm also pushing a pledge. Wow. Uh, yesterday I went to some of the prominent galleries in this town, and um, I'm... Today I went to uh, the supervisors and I went to uh, my representative and senator and Nancy Pelosi's office and I handed out this petition. It's a pledge to save San Francisco art and artists and it's calling on people to stand with artists or uh, or arts organizations struggling to stay in the city, to support or participate in efforts to keep artists and arts organizations housed and to discourage others in your networks from evicting artists or arts organizations. Um, well said. You know, you can't be a promoter of the art and stand by and watch all the artists kicked out of the city. There's no arts community without artists. You can't be profiting off of this. Fuck and yeah. And say you're, you're some kind of, you know, uh, great patron of the arts. Where will San Francisco be if... You know, the artists are all Well, we gone. better get the together. be gone.
2: And we better get together. Do you see this place is packed with people who feel the same way? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. a perfect so symbol of what's, what, what is. I came to San Francisco it, for. That's exactly what we're about.
2: I we'll came to join the Beatniks in 1957 before they were Beatniks. But look, I want to go to Artworks Sunday. I want to come by your place. And then we'll gather at Artworks there. It's not that far away from where you are artworks and talk about this and that's going to be a project in which we're getting together and reaching out throughout the city because these kind of common ground is what needed
19: let and me c- let me cut in quick um, I want to hear some from the rally from the streets um, storming through all the tourists for the Super Bowl at a rally for evictions of artists and everything else and we've got um, a couple of splices from housing organizer Tommy Avacoli Mecca yeah. off the street framing issues of evictions for artists, hey, for tenants, tenants eviction, in. rights organizations, and... What the numbers are and what the city's doing. So, this will show you what we did on the streets. I was there and it was beautiful. Thanks,
1: DJ Rebel, and thank you, David Brankus. And we hope people go out to your Valentine's Day exhibition because it's all about the love love of our neighbors, love of art, love of San Francisco. It's at 53 Walter Street in Thibault's Triangle on Sunday, the 14th from 1 to 4.
6: So this is a spot that marks a whole lot of displacement that's going on in the
20: city, especially of artists. You want to talk about artist displacement? Just look across the
14: street. Although, let's hear it for these artists again, because they're fighting their eviction. And that's what we have to do, folks.
21: When they come and say, get out, we say, no, hell no, we won't go. Hell no, we won't go.
1: Right, we are going going on here. Mutiny radio. Up at the mic is Max. Give us a song, Max. Would love How to you to Val? Thanks, good, good. Good to Thanks, be back. Good to have you back. Go for it, friend.
20: Standing on the moon I got no cobweb on my shoes Standing on the moon I'm feeling so alone and blue I see the Gulf of Mexico oh, Tiny as a kid The coast of California Must be somewhere. We're over here. There's a metal flag beside me, someone planted long ago, a glory standing stiffly, crimson white and indigo. I can see all of Southeast Asia I can see El Salvador I hear the cries of children And the other songs of war It's like a mighty melody That rings down from above But standing here upon all roll by, all roll by, all roll by, all roll by. On the sun standing on the moon I see the stars fade one by one I hear a cry of victory and another of defeat just a scrap of age old lullaby down an old forgotten street Standing on the moon, where talk is cheap and vision true. Standing on the moon, but I'd rather be with you. Somewhere in San Francisco, on a back porch in July. Just staring up to heaven, at this crescent in the sky. left to do I'm standing on the moon but I'd rather be with you It's a lovely view of heaven but I'd rather be with you I'd rather be with you
14: Rather be with you.
20: the way it's been going it's worse than when my whole year goes bad but when I started on this adventure I never thought I'd get so mad I didn't think I'd get so mad been about romance and you will attest to that fact but my friend there's been some times when we didn't act like that no we didn't act like that Could be so much better spent. I have never been religious, but I'm giving it up for Lent. Say, I give it up for Lent. Oh, I don't know why it turned out this way, (laughs) but my friend, I don't know what to do, but we should go our own way, we should just go our own way.
1: Max, thank you so much, thanks for coming, jamming out on the Common Thread. And in the studio here, I got Kush, Kush, you got a- Kush. Kush, oh, that was Dave's pronunciation. Kush, what's up, what you got for us today?
22: It's time to liberate San Francisco. We call upon you for acts of cultural imagination. We call upon you to put up your poems on the streets, on walls, wherever you can, to change the climate, to change the vibe, to change the rhythms. You have the power, you are the people, people of the imagination. We, act, we ask for acts of cultural imagination. This is the uh, revival of the Union of Street Poets. This is also the revival of the artist Liberation Front in unison with the Cloud House Poetry Collective, a Poets Collective. So I want to sing you a song of William Blake because these problems are not in any way recent. They go back to the 1790s. So here, I and mean more than that, because the oppressions are a mechanism, a machine, that just keeps repeating itself, and that is why they are so successful. They have no imagination, no, no true spirit, and uh, we call upon you for your own acts of poetic genius that each and every person has within them. Mark, yeah. This is William Blake, London. I wander through each chartered street, near where the chartered Thames us flow, and mocking every face I meet. Marks of weakness, marks of woe in every cry of every man, in every influence cry of fear, in every voice in every band. The mind forge the mine forge The Mine forge Manacles I hear How the chimney sweepers cry, every blackening church appalls, an appless soldier sigh, runs in blood down palace walls, but most of the midnight streets I hear, how the youthful harlots curse. Blast a newborn infant's tear, and blast with plague's a marriage hearse. So we call upon you to liberate San Francisco. We call upon you to put up your poems on the streets, on the sidewalks, on posts. Put up your poems, put up your imagination. We call for acts of cultural imagination. This is the revival of the Union of Street Poets. This is the Artists Liberation Front taking a further step. This is the Poets Cloudhouse Poets Collective. And one last song uh, I want to do, "Tiger." This is also William Blake. Tiger, tiger, burning bright. Tiger, tiger, burning bright. In the forests of the night, what immortal hand or eye, dare frame thy fearful symmetry. In what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes? On what wings did he aspire, what the hands there seized the fire? And what shoulders and what art could twist the sinews of thy heart? And when thy heart began to beat, what red hands and what red feet? What the hammer, what the chain, in what furnace was thy brain? What the anvil, what red grass? Did the stately terrors clasp, and when the hearts put on their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did he smile his work to see? Did he who make the lamb make thee, tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night? Water mortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? Peace be with you. This is Kush, the Cloud House, the Artist Liberation Front. Liberate San Francisco. It is time for acts of cultural imagination.
6: Well,
2: this is, hey, Kush. Nice. thanks for coming. We, got, we go by way, way back. This will be free radio. Could you tell? ask Richard and Dan to come on in? Come on in, fellas. Hey, Kush. Hi, so glad you're here. As you can see, we've got something going Thank on you here. So much. Each and every week. Each
1: and every week. A we call, a call yeah. to action for acts of cultural imagination. A, acts of, house exactly act right. of cultural imagination. Well, we're, we're down Very cool, very cool. cool. Well, we're, uh, we're, thanks, we're, Coach. We'll we're, see we're you not, again. And now we the got, voice,
2: but we are a voice. Just
1: that. And we've got uh, Dan and Richard who've just come in, these two guys who helped, uh, these two gentlemen who put on a fantastic week of series of in San Francisco
6: mm-hmm. last
1: year. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, let's, uh, while we talk to these poets, um, we've got to get the next couple of people who are going to be performing out there. I guess James, get ready. Uh, James Conrad's going to be playing. Who, who's going to be playing with you out there? okay and then uh and then after that we'll have james Ellis and uh blood playing is that who we'll look- okay james so great so uh, that's the that's the sequence we're going to keep it real tight but um hi richard Sanderell, dan brady thanks for being here in the hot. studio thanks for your patience hey
23: bell it seems like we. i don't have any patience i'm not a
2: doctor hey richard hey dan Hey, uh, hey, Richard, hey Dan, hey Val Seems like we've reached a new level of participation here I know voice I Of liberation, just... of liberation, liberation But I think we can handle it So anyway, Richard, give us a Well, I'm going to
23: let Dan go first Okay, Dan Let me go first okay, So, please. hi everybody, I'm Dan, hey, Dan. Brady And, um hey. I'm, I'm He's gonna a man I'm going to read from my new book, new and book. you can find, find that This is called Insight to Riot it's on uh, uh, Amazon and uh, and I have a p- Amazon page Dan Brady and you can find me through many ways I'll, but this is this is because everybody says we're number one I like it when they say the United States is number one so here's my take on that we're number one in exporting malicious influence and overturning national governments to supplant them with horrifically brutal dictators, dozens since 1950, making god-old USA complicit in the killing of many millions of the world over during the decades. And no, 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 no one is even a close second. American exceptionalism? Honestly, there's almost no end. Number one in funding militaries that just don't stand up. Think back. Congo, Indonesia, Vietnam, and the $25 for Iraq's army, which pretty much Collapsed twice, allowing us to restand it twice. And how about that Afghan army? Don't tell me we haven't made progress. The force's annual desertion rate, once over 50%, has been reduced to about 25%, as far as we can tell. Number one for invading, occupying, and or bombing Muslim countries. An amazing 14 since 1980. I defy you to find any country with such bragging rights. And, by the way, we're number one in knocking off wedding parties in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Yemen. Yep, brides, grooms, and in-laws, babies, and hundreds of wedding guests obliterated by American air power. Who else has even won, I ask you? And with hundreds of bases strewn across the planet, some with bowling alleys, pizza restaurants, and theaters, we're number one in military bases number one for investment in military and homeland security. In 2011, our defense budget outstripped that of the next dozen countries combined, and we're number one in the number of military actions at any given time, with boots on the ground in 135 countries as we speak. We have a new war on our hands every time we turn around. So there, in your face, Russia, and we're number one in rendition since 9-11, 136 quote, terror suspects, unquote, have been snatched by the CIA or its psychophants off the streets or out of their beds all around the world. Now, who can top that? Certainly not Russia, China, Syria, Iraq, North Korea, Iran, or China, even if they were all combined. Now, the U.S. may not be number one in genocide, but it's not for want of trying. Although the numbers are hard to come by, including as it would millions upon millions of First Nation peoples, we are certainly ranked higher than Israel, England, or Germany for that matter. Probably give Russia, Genghis Khan, China, India, and the Celts all runs for their respective currencies. We're number one in locking up our own citizens. No country comes near to America in that field. And inside that number one, we're number one for the number of minors. in prisons and number one for the number of gun related deaths, murders, and mass murders, drunk driving deaths, and suicides. Ding 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 ding. ding. Number one, That's in purposely creating public ignorance. Only in America are women actively discouraged from using family planning. Only here do we devote entire networks to the glorification of idiocy, violence, vapid nonsense, defiant ignorance. Only here have universities focused on making money rather than providing quality education. It's no surprise we're number one in the number of ignorant people who, by electing their, those of their own kind, ruin this country from the inside out and they don't even know it. Hoo-yah for America. We have the largest, most inactive, non-informed, brain-fried population on the planet. With its collective boob-tube eyeballs and media that mismanages misinformation, the USA, home to the banksters who robbed everyone blind, squandered that pilfered wealth, and wrought chaotic havoc on the economy, the ecology, the infrastructure, educational systems, and more, still has not managed one single prosecution. I say that's amazing. Number one, incorrect. The sheer volume of money flooding the political justice and regulatory system is mind-boggling. So it is no surprise that public servants have deserted the interests of the public, even as the government spends more than half its money on weapons to kill people all for fun and profit. And number one in exporting jobs, we outsource everything, stash more cash overseas than any other group. And that figure is in the trillions, the trillions, the number one enabler in supplying multifarious illegal drugs to the world. I mean, to say, Afghanistan alone, the poppy growth has soared above all previous levers, not to mention prescription drugs that are smuggled out and smuggled in by the ton. Number one in growing and exporting experimental GMO to poor countries. And hey, no one else is even trying. The USA has the world's most expensive Medicare system. It's number one in delivering the least care per monetary unit to the ones who need it the most. Also, we're number one in promoting cigarette use. And so have the lion's share of the responsibility for over 30 million or so fatalities each year. due to the death sticks. Last, but certainly not least number one in toilets and surrounding bath fixtures. Of course, other countries make the toilets and fixtures and immigrants install them, but as we who sit on our thrones, No one else puts it all together quite like we do for a truly relaxing dumper session. And we have the softest toilet paper in the world, perfumed yet already, designer patterns, colored to match this or that, yet another number one spot. USA, USA, we are number one. Number
1: one. Wow. Wow! What an indictment,
23: yeah, oh Dan Brady. It's fun facts, folks.
1: It is fun facts. I love the fun way that you deliver these facts. Otherwise, we'd all be in tears. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
23: Creativeideasforyou.com. That's where I am. You can find me there. Or creative Ideas, San Francisco, Dan Brady. Anything. Else.
1: And we we'll can find. Wants to get in here? Yeah, get in the there. Richard. All right. And it's sacred grounds. I'm everyone's saying. i be
2: in one of these, and the other one, I'm going to be
24: pissed off. Oh, can you hear me out there? I'm going to be stupid on one and pissed off on another. Glove loses its mind. Glove loses its mind. I am at the checkout counter when a woman comes running in desperate, frantic. She asks, have you found her glove? I said, yes, I'd found it, it was desperate out in the rain, sheer terror. It kept looking in every direction, becoming untethered. People walked by, even a rat blowing trash blew by. But sign of its maiden wearer still out of sight that gives this glove the blues most high. I decided to pick it up and take it to the store before who knows what befalls this glove. It couldn't go, but I am stronger, I am man. I'm still, I would not calm down. It was hysterical until you came in, and now it's home with you and its mate. The three of them made such a great threesome, I asked them if I could join. Well, hey, you know, nice pickup line. Hey, can I join (laughs) you? You look like a great threesome. All right, members of my generation. This is an older one. I had a newer one, but I'm going to read this one. Uh, Members of my generation. I see members of my generation who never gave up struggle for clarity, sanity, intellect. I see members of my generation who never even tried. But then there are those who started and were sidetracked or lost their minds or just gave up. I see the Vietnam War generation sent their kids off to forever wars. Someone forgot to tell us excuse me, I've got to enlarge this, it's getting small here. I see the Vietnam War generation sent their kids off to the forever wars. Someone forgot not to trust those who continue to lie to you. Every generation has, have, has its right to fight a war for USA, to r- fight for everyone else's rights, including theirs. I see my generation as taking the task for drug use. My generation did not start that fire. My per- parents' generation taught us how to smoke, drink, and use prescription drugs, speed, and downers. I see members of my generation as generations before who, got, who were gotten to by the churches and governments, so they couldn't think on their own. Empire uses religion to soften them up and then send them to the bankers and corporations who in turn divide everything up to sell them as resources and real estate. There is no humanity in commodity as as it's done to the natives people is done upon you. I see members of my generation who fail to see the continued genocide against indigenous people. There's a swirling wind of destruction in their homelands, with the murders uninvestigated here and around the world. Get rid of the evidence, unseen, unknown, unforgivable. It's another dead Indian. Anyone heard of how red lives matter? Time for a narrative change. My advice to the generations is what Scoot a newscaster from the old KSAN radio said. If you don't like the news, go out and make your own. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Power, oh, powerful, powerful stuff here. Powerful. And Richard and Dan, thank you so much oh,
2: for organizing. So we're getting it down, we're and, getting it together. And, it's amazing what we can yeah, do here. Diamond what Dave we,
1: Day a couple of weeks ago, wait, wait, and bringing yeah, your radical poetry oh to Mutiny Radio. Know, Out into get, the get, studio, it, yeah, we got James Conrad and Rivo.
5: Hello folks, my name, is oh. And we've got recognition. Yeah. Thank you very much. My name is James Conrad and this is my book, I also have a book available on Amazon, it is called Zurdo Cleans House. And it's basically a revenge thriller that makes the statement that when society treats a man as an enemy, they create an enemy. And so, at this point in the story, this is what we've experienced so far. We've witnessed Zurdo being wrongfully prosecuted for murder and child molestation. We've seen him do 11 hard years in San Quentin. We've seen him be found innocent ultimately and be let out and then only discover that he's been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And we've seen him uh, get to such a level of embitterment that he has, uh, well he's murdered one of the people who railroaded him so far. The guy who called the police and now the story takes a serendipitous turn In episode 56 of Zordo Cleans House. Also on guitar with me is going to be Rivo. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, hit it. Episode 56 of Zordo Cleans House. Once Zordo had filled his prescription, he drove to Santa Cruz to pay Casey a visit, phoning him en route to. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Episode. This is episode 50 back up. Sorry, I, I went ahead. I goofed. This, we now have episode 55 of Zurdo Clean's House. Over the next two and a half weeks, while Casey set about gathering information on Officer Michael Kerr, Assistant DA Kendall Reichhardt and Judge Malcolm Connors, Zurdo spent his time visiting with his family, going to the hospital once a week for chemotherapy, and if he felt well enough, working and practicing his karate. One Wednesday at the end of June, as Zurdo was at Walgreens sitting in a chair in front of the pharmacy counter waiting to get his prescription filled, he heard a voice to his right say, pardon me, sir. As Zurdo looked straight ahead from the corner of his eye, he noticed a somewhat muscular man of medium height and build nodding and waving in his direction, trying to get his attention. Excuse me, sir. Zurdo turned to the man. Can I help you? Don't take this the wrong way, but you look kind of familiar. I have the feeling I know you from somewhere. Zurdo looked the man in the eye, squinting a little with suspicion, but with a polite smile nonetheless. Okay. If you don't mind me asking, what's your name? Lorenzo. Zurdo blinked a couple times as he himself found something familiar about the man who approached him. The man frowned and chewed chewed his lips. "'By any chance, do people call you Zurdo?' "'Yeah,' said Zurdo. "'Sometimes.' "'I thought so,' said the man, smiling even though regret began to trickle into his expression. "'I'm Michael Kerr. I was the cop who arrested you.' "'Oh, yeah,' said Zurdo, taking a deep breath to control his anger as his smile began to grow a little bitter. "'I remember you.' (laughs) "'Pense que eras tu pedazo de mierda.' Yeah, said Michael Kerr, his eyes flickering a little with shame and anxiety. So you're out now, huh? Yep, said Zordo, slouching back into the chair. Si, soy libre. Pero qué carajo que importe, cabrón. Once años <laughs> de mi vida que nunca voy a tener de vuelta y ahora me estoy muriendo de todas formas. Muchas gracias, pinche bastardo. Michael glanced into Zordo's eyes for a little more than a second then looked at the ground. You know, I, he sighed. I just want to tell you that I'm sorry about everything. I know that you, I know it turned out that you didn't do anything after all, and I kind of feel responsible. I, I regret what happened. Zordo put his hand up. Mike, it's okay, he said, still smiling, but only to keep his anger at bay. You can't change the past. Pedir perdón no va a cambiar absolutamente nada, hijo de puta. Yes, yeah, said Michael, taking a deep breath. Guess that's true. Still feeling somewhat nervous and ashamed, he darted his eyes around and then looked back at Zordo. Anyway, how have you been? Well, I got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, shit, said Michael, his eyes opening wide as furrows of worry creased across his forehead. Are you going to be Okay. Zurdo sighed and shrugged his shoulders with resignation. Well, it's stage four, he said, and there ain't no stage five, so probably not. Fuck, said Michael. It's terrible. Yeah, said Zurdo. Well, you know, shit happens, right? Que carajo te importa? Yeah, still though, I'm really sorry for you, man. I'll pray for you. I wish you the best. Uh huh, said Zurdo. Vete a la mierda. "'Anyway, what about you? You still a cop or what?' "'No, I retired back in March,' said Michael. "'I'm working with Allied Barton now, doing security.' "'Oh, okay,' said Zordo. "'How's that treating you?' "'Not bad,' said Michael. "'It has its perks.' "'That's good,' said Zordo. "'Yeah,' said Michael. He cleared his throat, then turned and took a couple steps toward the clerk at the pharmacy counter. "'You got a piece of paper?' he asked, as he took a ballpoint pen from the breast pocket of his shirt." After the clerk gave him a few inches of register tape, he wrote his number down and handed it to Zurdo. I uh I actually got to get running, but uh, give me a call sometime, huh? We'll go for a beer or something. Yeah, what do you say? Zurdo looked at the scrap of paper Michael handed him and rocked his head a little from side to side. Hmm. I don't drink, but yeah, he said, pocketing Michael's number. Maybe. Vete al infierno hijo de puta. All right, said Michael, with a cordial, relaxed smile. Anyway, it was good to see you. He offered Zordo a handshake. Don't be a stranger, huh? Yeah, said Zordo with a grin, shaking his hand. I'll give you a call. "Besame al culo. Thanks a million, folks. Thanks, James and Conrad. And that was uh, episode 55 of Zordo Cleans House. And the story will continue next week in episode 56 of Zordo Cleans House. All
1: right. Zordo's so making friends. Love it. All right. So, James Ellis and Bloodflower, you guys are the last ones. We've got just a couple minutes left in the show. About four. <laughs> uh, we, we love everybody. Thanks for being part of the Common Thread Collective. Take it away, guys.
25: No. No. Hey, Global Val. This is Mr. J. Christian Murthy from his journal. Mr. Bloodflower and Piano In the valley of orange orchards This one was very well looked after Row after row of young trees Strong and sparkling in the sun The soil was good Well watered and manicured Cared for It was a beautiful morning With a clear blue sky Warm And the air softly pleasant the quails in the bushes were fussing about, softly pleasant. With their sharp calls, a sparrow hawk was hovering in the air, motionless. And soon it came down to sit on a branch in the next orange tree and went to sleep. It was so close. The sharp claws, the marvelous speckled feathers, and the sharp beak were clearly visible, all within the reach of an arm. It had been earlier in the morning, under the avenue of mimosa, and the small birds were crying out their alarms. Under the trees, two king snakes, with their dark brown rings under the leaf, their bodies curling around each other, and as they pressed close by, they were utterly unaware of a human presence. They'd been on a shelf in the shed, stretched out, their dark, bright eyes watching and waiting for the mice. They stared without blinking, for they had no eyelids. They must have been there during the night, and now they were among the bushes. It was their ground, and they were seen often. And on picking up one of them, it coiled around the arm, and it felt cool to the touch. All these living things seemed to have their own order, their own discipline, and their own play and gaiety. Materialism, that nothing exists but matter, is the prevailing and the persistent activity of human beings who are affluent and those who are not. There is a whole block of the world which is dedicated to materialism. The structure of our society is based upon the formula with all of its consequences. The other blocks are also materialistic but some kind of idealistic principles are accepted when it's convenient and discarded under the name of rationality and necessity in changing the environment violently or slowly revolution or evolution the behavior of man is changed according to the culture in which he lives It is an age-old conflict between those who believe man is matter and those who pursue spirit. Spirit. This division has brought such misery, confusion, illusion to man. Thought is material and its activity, outer or inner, is materialistic. Thought is measurable, and so is time. Within this area, consciousness is matter. Consciousness is its, its content. The content is consciousness. They are inseparable. The content is there many things which thought has put together. The past, modifying the present, which is the future, which is time. Time is movement within the area which is consciousness. Expanded or contracted, thought is memory, experience, and knowledge. And this memory with its images and its shadows is the self, the me, and the not me. The we and the they. The essence of division is the self. With all its attributes and qualities, materialism only gives strength and growth to the self. The self. May and does identify itself with the state, with an ideology, with activities of the non-me, religious or secular, but it is still the self.
1: Its beliefs are self-created.
25: As are its pleasures and fears, thought, by its very nature and structure, is fragmentary. And conflict and war between the various fragments, the nationalities, the races, and ideologies. A materialistic humanity will destroy itself unless the self is wholly abnegated, abandoned, The abandonment of the self is always of primary importance and only from this revolution, a new society can be put together. The abandonment of the self is love.
1: Compassion.
25: Passion for all things, the starving, the suffering, the homeless, and for the materialist and the believer. Love is not sentimentality. Romanticism. It is as strong and final as death. Slowly the fog from the sea came over the western hills like huge waves. It folded itself over the hills and down into the valley, and it would presently reach up here. It would become cooler. with the coming darkness of the night, there would be no stars and there would be complete silence. It is a factual silence. Another silence which thought has cultivated in which there is no space.
1: Thank you. Thank you everybody for being part of the show today. Thank James Ellis. Thank you, Bloodflower, for playing piano. (laughs) thanks for everybody's patience today. Um, We love you. Uh, This is the Common Thread Collective. We're here every Friday from three to six and uh, love what you do. Thanks for being part of this and making it happen. Um, And we'll see you next Friday.
14: This year returns for a sad day.
21: Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm gonna guess waffles. (laughs) Yo, that is incorrect! (laughs) Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts.
1: Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds
21: like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good!